Listeners of The Trail Show, this is a public service announcement from The Trail Show. Tonight's show may go off the rails, focusing more than usual on beer and nonsense, and may cause you to uncontrollably laugh out loud. While listening to tonight's show, we would strongly discourage you from transplanting vegetable or cannabis seedlings to larger containers. This is a task that requires concentration and deft movements to ensure that no harm is done to the plants as they are moved from one container to another container. If you listen to the trail show while performing such actions, you will kill unsuspecting plants. The trail show loves plants. and We do not want to see any innocent plants accidentally killed as tonight's show inevitably goes off the rails. So please, 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 while listening to the trail show, do not transplant seedlings. This message is brought to you by Brian Tansman, Registered Delaware Agent and Acting General Counsel for the Trail Show Legal Department, LLC. Ladies and gentlemen of the Trail Show Nation, we have a very special trail show for you tonight. This is our five-year anniversary show. <laughs> and on this very special show, we have a very special guest for you. I laughed. I cried. It was better than cats. As you know, the late Paul Magnanti left the show a few years ago. The trail show and Paul had an amicable parting of the ways after a very large legal settlement. But tonight, for one show only, we've exhumed the le- body of the late Paul Magnanti, and we have him here in studio. She's a fraud! Yes, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have the late Paul Magnanti's body with us. And while Paul may no longer be able to actively contribute to the trail show, we have an archive of classic Paul Magnanti audio clips that will be overdubbing in this posthumously recorded show. I ate some bad bologna, no word of a lie. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you the five-year anniversary trail show edition, complete with a posthumous recording with the body of the late Paul Magnanti. Also in tonight's episode, we have sold a number of $29.99 trail show sponsorships that will be taking up the majority of our airtime. And with that, Disco! Yes, D-Lo. Let's start the show. It's the future of thru-hiking. You're tuned to the trail show. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Que no parece fiesta. It's the Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Junaid Special 41. Daoud. I don't think you need to tell them what it pop if you got some of them little brandy on the little nub nub or something or something. And now, broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walters studio in Colorado's historic beer district, it is The Trail Show, and we are live at our South Boulder telecasting complex, ladies and gentlemen. The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail, and has been downloaded over 500,000 times in 150 plus countries across the globe. We are heard worldwide on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and at thetrailshow.com. Before we set the table for today's big, big, big show, (laughs) we we want to remind folks that Bonus Show 7 is available for download right now on iTunes. 
That's right, folks. You can get bonus show number seven on iTunes. Where? Or CD, baby. iTunes. What? Are you serious on iTunes? Finally. On iTunes. It only took five years. That means we're real now. Wow. wow. A lot's changed in 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> this bonus show is all about designing your own hiking route and had Dirtmonger and Twinkle on as special guests. Get it on iTunes today. Oh, uh, yeah. no. We've got a very special guest in studio this month. Ladies and gentlemen, he was taping a special across the hall. Back from the dead, we have the founder of PMAGS.com, newsman for Trail Groove Magazine, and one of the original co-hosts of the trail show. Give it up for Mr. Paul Mags Magnate! Arriba, arriba, arriba! Gol, 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 gol! It's been a good 18 months. I've been in the crystal bed selling business. It's very <laughs> lucrative. Now, you were just filming a special next, do- next door about uh, vegan, gluten-free chili making, correct? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and how, um, yeah, so special herbs, and I can have let oh, the entities. herbs. Yes. Yeah. Well, it is bolder. You know, right. So. And what about compostable bowls? Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, so when you're going to uh, the... Almost the whitest Cinco de Mayo party. <laughs> <laughs> there was a gentleman from Iran, and you know, I'm kind of off white, so maybe. <laughs> and so it's like almost the whitest Cinco. It's mostly de Mayo. cream, no, no coffee. Exactly. <laughs> and that's one way to put it. Yeah. So it, it's, anyways, I asked three times. So is it vegetarian? Yes, it is vegetarian chili. Is this gluten free chili? Why, yes, it is. By coincidence. I did put a bear in it, though. I didn't tell them oh. top of the fact. Oh, someone probably had some bad gas. Eh, no, they're full of it anyway. B- both bear and beer are not gluten-free. I know this for a fact. And they asked, bears are gluten-free. And they asked, is it vegan chili? That's true. And I'm like, why? Why, yes, it is. Well, of course it is. And, cause I Except wanted to for all the beef broth oh. I put in there. But wait, wait, wait. Does the chili... Make you think mindful and meaningful thoughts. Well, that you know, that's my new guiding <laughs> service. So yes, oh, yeah. I, I, I make a big bowl of it yeah. to give to my clients, and we like the chakras enter us as we count our breaths. And it's a wonderful. And thing. then as you're hiking after you've eaten chili, like you're just focusing on holding in that fart, oh, and it really makes which you just mindful or meaningful. You up on the inside, that's right. So much. You focus on holding your breath, not counting your breath, <laughs> because the person in front of you, you let the wind pass, so therefore. <laughs> You have to do a reverse D-Lo. <laughs> All right. So now we've already started <laughs> fart jokes five minutes okay. in. But anyway. P.O.D., let's set the table and tell the folks what we're serving up on the trail show. Okay. Well, we've got trail nu- news. Trail not, nudes. Not nudes. Trail news. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mags wouldn't mind some trail nudes. But anyway, <laughs> trail news with Mags. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about the trail show Missing Countries. Really? Just briefly. You're bringing that back. Um, I'm just going to touch on it. There okay. can't be too many. I'm just going to scratch it. I don't even know what it is, so scratch. it's new to me. Okay. Good. We've got Trail of the Month, which we're going to... Vamos a hablar en español. Oh, que okay. bueno. ¿Sí? Me gusta hablar en español. Este, este camino en, torta, torta. está en Perú. Así que... Perú? Sí, se now, me hace... Now, I noticed that senderos the, the acronym for this month's trail is INCA. What does that acronym stand for, Dilo? Inca-Cola. What? 
INCA Cola? I'm confused. What's what does it stand for? He thinks INCA is an acronym for something. No, it's not an acronym. It's just what? A, it's just one of the many Inca Wait a trails. Minute. We're, we're going to f- talk about the Inca Trail. It's we're okay. featuring a non-acronym trail. What do you? What? Okay, you could call it's it. It's called the TIT. The yeah, tit. <laughs> you could call it the TIT if you really want to. <laughs> The Inca Trail. <laughs> <laughs> Gut hooks soon to have an app. So we're going to be talking about trail nudes. Then we're going to talk about, talk about tit. Um. Trail nudes and tit. <laughs> What's going on with the trail show? I've been gone for like digging post holes on the border for like five months. What's happening to you guys? <laughs> then oh, we're going to have a, a um, an update from Out of Order. Okay. And I think he's going to talk about trail nudes What's as well. What's trail show? Uh <laughs> We're going to talk about trips. Yep. And hopefully somebody can come up with a trail tip between now oh, and when we talk about that. A listener sent Oh, in. good. Yes, it's on we the have back. a listener provided. We're in for good. a treat. That means it's something real. Uh, we How have dare you. media review, and it looks like only one person read that, so that'll be a short section. Um, <laughs> we have our mailbag. And we have some beer and bandwidth sponsor shout outs. Mailbag's large. We once got a big again. mailbag. We do. And at least What's we. What's up, Chael Show? <laughs> <laughs> we got. Uh, we have a conservation interview with uh, Jeff Halligan from Idaho Trails Association. And we have Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month and Ask a Hiker. And we're going to do a gear review. And guess what? What? I don't have to talk about hiking with a dog. Dilo, we covered it last month. I know, finally I finally covered we it. Know, we finally it. it was cleared. fantastic, yeah. And, you know, that listener, she immediately posted on her Facebook page with a cute picture of her dog. Oh, cool. And said, oh. thanks for finally covering this question, <laughs> like, two months. years later. <laughs> it's funny because we've had Allgood on a few times. He's, like, yeah. the well, you know, go-to person for yeah, hiking with a dog. Actually, yeah. the go-to person for hiking with a dog is trauma. He's just Tra- not as vocal That's yeah. true. about not, I mean, Olga <laughs> does a lot of stuff around hiking with the dog, but, but I mean, Trauma has a, a book. That's true. So, it, you know, like, it's hard if you, you could email Olga, I suppose, but Trauma has a, in his book, he has a whole section That's about true. it. That's so. true. You could read his book. But as yeah. far as a guest, though. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, it's time for my favorite segment. Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. Take it away, D'Lo. Well, tonight on the Trail Show, we are drinking a Coloradler, which is an ale brewed with lemon and mint from Bonfire Brewing in Eagle, Colorado. We are also drinking Grand Teton Brewing Company's Sweet Grass American Pale Ale, an APA, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And we have one more lovely Bout Damn Time IPA from Four Noses Brewing, which is one of my local favorites right there in Broomfield down the street from the home of the late Paul Magnanti. Wow. Rest his soul. It's a one and a half mile walk. Oh my gosh. Rest his soul. 7.1% alcohol by volume, 65 IBUs, and this is a stout IPA. I am a big fan of the Four Noses, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what we're drinking tonight here on The Trail Show. Disco, back to you. Thank you, D'Lo. That was a great uh, rendition of Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. I laughed, and I cried. Tonight's uh, beer is been provided for uh, our good friend, Lily. Oh, Lily. You're, Simonson. You're too good. You're too good for yes. us. We're not worthy, but we sure are appreciative. That's right. We're going to get into trail news now, but it, it occurred to me that Mags hasn't been on the show for 18 months. And believe it or not, we've probably had some new listeners between it's true. your That's last show, true. which was October 2015, and now, which is May 2015. So you're going to get these listeners away having to listen to me, is what you're trying to do. Well, I want 
to make sure that they know a little more about you. So what I've done is I've pulled some clips from <laughs> <laughs> the first three and a half years of shows you were is on. Is this like where the harp music comes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, let me harp music. Of course you guys wanted the harp music, and I don't have it on the ready. But I, what I've got to kind of reacquaint those folks that may have uh, forgotten that Mags was part of the show, and also to introduce him to our new listeners that have never gotten to know him. That I've, might be a good thing. I mean, I don't even like getting to know me, so. Yeah, I, I, I've got a <laughs> few of, of Mag's favorite Magsisms. so Mag-isms. without further ado. Sit back and enjoy. Drinking a liter of soda? <laughs> Screw the tempeh burgers. <laughs> the two-cuppa, I call it. We had this big four-cup. We used to call the four-cupper. It's Bahaba. <laughs> oh. It's both an honor and a blessing to be here at my birthday. Bear has nothing to do with hiking. I, I ate some bad bologna. Yeah. When America sneezes, Canada catches the flu. And I went to Catholic school. They called me Magnanti Christ. <laughs> well, that was beautiful, man. So you're going to turn butter now? I, I just take a crap. So to make this more in line with modern sensibilities, I am selling dryer lids in Cuban fiber Ziploc bags. You know, my dad used to make pizzas by hand growing up. He would do anchovies, black olives, and extra garlic. Never let facts stand in the way of a good answer. He's a fraud. People are freaking stupid. Touch me right in the gram weenie. Hacksaw Jim Doug would be great for the Appalachians. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Send well, hate two. mail to John Fahey. Joey Mags, they call him. <laughs> Sam. All right, so that, that was Whoa. just a, a little taste. But wait, there's more. Adam's Boston Lager. Well, you could talk a dog off a meat truck. <laughs> it's not about the mileage. Sure. We're it's out there. The, it's about the smileage. Too much navel grazing. <laughs> what they used to say, Polly Mags. Paul Mags? I like waxing the purple sometimes. So. <laughs> Brings back memories of being 10 years old with the water coming over me on the shores of Rhode Island and sea kelp just hit me in the face. Shame. <laughs> or shellac with snow. If you're so concerned what other people are doing on their hike, how the hell can you enjoy yours? This is Paul Mags of Boulder, Colorado. And I approve the morning after snowshoe date. We don't churn butter, we stomp grapes. Go suck eggs in Boston. Texas Gore-Tex. The train has left the track, so I've kind of given up at this point. Are you the guy with the Texas flag? It's called bring a warm coat. Bring a warm freaking coat, people. We did have a ZD course. It's like someone put a big turd in the punch bowl. Oh, wow. Man, I was hoping that one would make it in. That was a trip down memory lane, folks. Who's this rude... <laughs> I like the Paul Magnanti Christ. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, the nuns loved it. My friends would say that. <laughs> I had a lot of fun putting that uh, montage together, Mags. That that was a uh, it was a trip down memory. How line. do you do it? How do you know where all those audio snippets are, or is, or do you go like every month and grab the good ones and archive them? Exactly. Okay, that's what you do when you're when you're when you're. Uh, like editing the show, you yep. say that's that's a keeper, and you yep. take an audio snippet and save it somewhere yep. on your hard drives up I, in the clouds. So I and, archive yeah. all the one-liners, and they're organized alphabetically. So all of so, his were under mags. It was oh, so pretty, it's like mags, simple. but do they have like mags? Like she's a fraud. Mags yes. turned in the punch bowl. Yes. Mags like <laughs> antichrist. Baloney, it, it, mag, antichrist. It's mags, usually mag, shorter antichrist. than that. It's like yeah. mags turd. Mags. Christ, Mags, you know, uh, just just Mags like Mags Christ. purple, <laughs> Mags purple. Yeah, they're all. Wow. Yeah, so okay. Anyway. Just curious how you did that because this is an amazing. Thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! 
an amazing service that you provide for the trail show. And without further ado, Mr. Paul Mags Mignotti with Trail News. Mags, take it away. Thank you, thank you. So, very sad in the trail community. Mary Anderson, REI co-founder, died at 107 years old. Whoa! Whoa. She co-founded in 1938 with 21 mountaineering friends and her husband because they couldn't find high-quality, inexpensive mountain gear in the Seattle area. Wow. And that started in 1938. And that's just an amazing legacy, which goes to the next item. The Outdoor Industry Association released their economy report. They provide $887 billion in consumer spending annually. Billion with a B. B. Sustain 7.6 million American jobs and generate $65.3 billion in federal tax revenue and nearly $60 billion state and local tax revenue each year. That's why we should wow. decrease the size of those national monuments. Well, all these items go together. It's funny you mention that. Mm. But more people are employed as part of the outdoor recreation economy than the food or beverage service and many other industries. Wow. Oh, no kidding. So because of some recent changes in the political landscape, the outdoor industry started to flex its political and financial muscles. Good. Yes, they are. Because recently, a certain um, new president... It signed an executive order calling to question the future of more than two dozen national monuments, including one near and dear to my heart, the Rio del Norte National Monument in New Mexico. That's on the chopping Ooh, block, possibly. Is it really? Yep. Mm. 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 Um, proclaimed by mm. the last three presidents to set aside millions of acres for development. Okay. I know. I personally what? would not have been to that stretch of New Mexico were it not for that n- national monument. Hmm. I've never even heard of that mm. national monument. It was a Wild Rivers Recreation Area before it was a national monument, to be fair. But, okay. But it is trying to rescind that. Um, blah, blah, blah. They're trying to rescind. You know, this has never happened in 111 years of the Antiquities Act. So what's, so what's the status? Does this have to be voted on, or is it is it just being talked about at this it's point? It's currently being talked about. Whether okay. one president can nullify a previous president's proclamation establishing a monument is being debated. Because, okay. going to the next news item, okay. outdoor clothing maker Patagonia hit back at President Trump on Wednesday after this proclamation, threatened to sue over an executive order calling for the review. Ooh. The Whoa. quote to Patagonia CEO rose... Marquero, a uh, president does not have the authority to rescind the National Monument and attempt to change the boundaries, ignores the view process of cultural and historical characteristics of the public inputs. Rose, I do have the authority. Don't you cross me, Rose. They actually had to submit that letter twice, first, the second time in crayon, so that Trump would actually read it. Pop-up book, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> no, actually, I don't even think he reads books. They, somebody had to, like, talk to him. Hey, I'm here, guys. Oh, I can hear what you're sorry, saying. Sorry, sorry, so man. all these four news items kind of go together. It's just amazing, though. You think in 1938, they started essentially as a climbing bum store, just provide equipment for the local mountaineers in the Seattle area, right. not realizing this helped launch a multi-billion dollar industry. Boom. So that's kind of... But I like to leave it off on a lighter note. Okay. There's carnivorous deer in Texas. What? Carnivorous <laughs> deer? What do, they, what do they eat, Max? So Each other. Researcher Laura McKell, writing in the Journal of Forensic Sciences, said, We thought the forensic community might like to know about it, so we published this brief report on the first case of deer scavenging human bone. Wow. Scientists Whoa. believe this is the first recorded incident of a deer eating a human. Whoa, so there's this multi-acre um, place in Texas where they put old bodies and bones to decompose. Ah, POD knows about this. So they can research. You, you were going to donate your body oh, to yeah. this group. Yeah. It, they actually call it a body farm. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Yeah. They do, like, so people can, it's for forensic, people are training for forensics yes. so they know what different stages of decomposition Absolutely. look like. Yeah. yeah. Well, since Sweet. there's 
they yeah. recorded deer eating these bodies. Wow. So, Whoa. so not only is everything bigger in Texas, it's apparently scarier because the yeah. deers are eating people. Well, they're dead people. Oh While we're on the subject of death, I just want to let you guys know that just the other day I purchased a, uh, a mushroom death suit. What? You guys know what those are? No. no. So it's a suit that's kind of uh, sewn in with mycelium so that you, uh, instead of having your body embalmed oh. with all sorts of kind of uh, toxic chemicals that leach into the earth and kind of uh, cause the cemetery where you're buried in to be kind of a sterile place because there's all these chemicals leaching out from all the people that are decomposing over What's the years. What's up, Chael Show? I purchased a mushroom death suit, which means that when I am buried under not too much dirt, but a little bit, I don't well, want to be buried too to deep. Be buried, man. I will be consumed by mushrooms. Yes, and I will go back to the earth that I came from. It's going to be fantastic. Or carnivorous there. Yeah, that or you too. can donate your body to science. I just want to be burned, man. I want to be in a big bucket of heads. Yeah. I'm going to climb to the top of a mountain and die. Did you really buy a mushroom death suit, Dilo? Yeah. How, How much does that cost? Yeah, what does it run? I think my health insurance purchased it. Thank you, Donald where, Trump. Where do you keep it? You can keep it forever. I mean, it's the the spores uh, of the mushrooms are like not activated. I know, but where is it right now? Like, is oh, it it's in your my closet. closet. Yeah, I got folded up Whoa. in my closet. Yeah. Wow, that's um, that's heart. <laughs> <laughs> that's heartwarming. <laughs> I'm speechless, man. I have no idea what. Yeah, mushroom is. death suit. I heard about it on a TED talk, man. It was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll we'll link. We'll put a link up to it on our. So something we'll we'll put a, a link up on our Snapchat. And with all the news that was fit to be heard, Paul Magsmanyani he just ran out the door, ladies and gentlemen. He's gone. Let's lock it quick. And now, <laughs> and now he's back. Hey, that's fast. Well, yeah, we can talk about trail show missing countries. Okay, trail show missing. Do we have music for that? I don't think so. So enlighten me for those okay, listeners. So here, here's what yeah. happened. We ran some stats. Okay. And we were able to get a list of all the countries where the show was downloaded. Ah, yeah. And then we cross-referenced with a list of countries, and we tried to figure out in which countries has the show not been downloaded. Got it. Okay. There were some, I mean, there were many, but um, we came up with some that were- Notable? Notable because they're low-hanging fruit. And I actually don't have the list in front of me. I had planned, just like I planned to talk about hiking with a dog for 12 months. It'll probably take me 12 months to get this done. But um, I had planned to follow up on those countries to see if any of them had come onto the radar, like people had actually downloaded them. Okay? Give me a quick example. Well, one example was Cuba. Well, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. Why? They were Why very not? locked out up until recently. Yeah, there's no right, internet. But, but it's, 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 it's not been that recent. So anyway, I put out a challenge to Out of Order. I said that I was going to hold them personally responsible. What's up, Chael Show? If <laughs> someone from Cuba didn't download the damn show. So, I haven't looked. The damn but I show. am going to look before June. So, out of order, you got about a month to get one of your people from Cuba to download the show. This is out of order. Um. <laughs> I mean, they have internet cafes are open. They got to do it. Right. They got to do yeah. it. They, have, they should enjoy their liberty that they have by downloading the trail show. That's right. And they could see what a wonderful what better democracy. celebration of freedom is there than listening to the listening show. to the show. That's right. I mean, come on, it's as American as apple pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. So there's the update. Next week, I'll have an actual, I'll have some 
some countries that we can actually back Wait, on. wait. Tonight we're not going to hear about the shows or the countries? No, I just said that. You weren't listening. Already you know, I was totally listening. paying attention. Oh I, just, I just need to reiterate this fact that you were yes. ta- supposed to promote one of the missing countries, but we don't know what I they did. are yet. Cuba. I promoted Cuba. Riba. Hey, can I mention something? Wait, was I not so paying attention? To help POD actually do this segment, yeah. I gave her all the login information to our stats page and the steps on how to look at uh, statistics by country and even by state and apparently that was all for not have we no, been downloaded i'll do it have we been downloaded but in i all chose 50 states to work in our garden so we could grow some vegetables and also go trail running have we been uh downloaded yeah, in fair. all 50 states yes yeah. okay yeah. so but cuba that's my number one yeah, they should number uno the 51st state bango por ustedes eh Maybe they can do a Cuba long distance hiking trail next. Oh, we researched some some hikes in Cuba, and apparently it's a little. Long. Well, they haven't had American <laughs> freedom like we have. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they haven't been blessed with our you know fantastic. But they're literate. Hey, and they have probably a better healthcare system. But anyway, yes, <laughs> we do. I know. We've already talked about okay. out of order, like. I don't know, five or ten times a night. Why, why don't we yeah. go and play a clip? So sure, let's He's do in it. Portugal, ladies and gentlemen. He's, Portugal. he's got 200 miles left. He's got his eye on the prize, D'Lo. Mm-hmm. What's that, the Atlantic Ocean? Um, yeah, what know, is the somewhere. prize? I thought he was going to uh, Tarifa. Gibraltar. Yeah, Gibraltar. Okay, yeah, somewhere Gibraltar. down there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe he's going to just hop across the Strait of Gibraltar and continue right down Through south. Africa? Through Africa. Africa. <laughs> I mean, Africa. <laughs> Africa people. This is the same guy that said Ubonics, by the way. All right, here we go. Here's out of order. Africa. What's up, Chael Show? Guess he's walking along a Portuguese highway right now. (laughs) This is out of order. Check it in from southern Portugal. (laughs) I can hear the cars. If you check my Instagram feed, it's all beaches and cliffs and sunsets, but there's also a little bit of highway. (laughs) So that's where I'm at right now, walking along the highway. Uh, dodging traffic. Sorry about any highway noise. Hopefully it's not too bad and hopefully it's not followed by any loud thumps and then silence because <laughs> <laughs> I mean the trail just ended. But even if that's not how it ends, it is ending. I'm only about maybe 200 miles as the bird flies from the end. And even though I'm not a bird, that's still real close. Um, so I'm starting to really feel that mix of emotions that I think we've all felt at the end of hikes where you're both happy and sad and excited and fearful and you just kind of just don't know what to think or what to feel or what what's right so it just all soaks through your mind. I know that there is a large part of me big truck big truck. Whoa that was close. There's, There's a large part of me that just is exhausted I mean I just am it's it's been 11 months out here. My equipment is worn down and held together with duct tape and, and dental floss. And I'm sewing things that I've sewed five times before. Just hoping it can hold on. And I know my body some days feels the same way. Especially my feet are just like, ah, oh, what did we do to you? Did we insult your mother? What's going on? And my mind, some days my mind's with them. It's like, get me to a couch. Let me yo-yo to the refrigerator and back all day and that's it. That's all I want to do. But other days, I just know. I just know that as soon as those last steps are over, I'm going to miss it so much. Uh, I'm just going to miss it. 
you have to pour so much of yourself into every hike. Um, you just you just pour and pour and pour and until you just it becomes your world. The trail is your world. It's part of you. It's your best friend. It's your enemy. It's your it's your everything. And eventually, you gotta say goodbye. And it's hard to say goodbye. It's very hard to say goodbye to a trail. That's what I'm thinking about these next weeks. Oh, truck and another truck. Wow. Um, this sounds I'm thinking dicey. about that. I'm thinking about the end, and I'm thinking about dodging traffic and making sure I make it there. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. I'll give you another update at the very end. Um, and love you and take care. Special good luck on the sabbatical. We're all cheering for you. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. That sounded dicey. Sounded like a lot of traffic. Yeah. It sounded like the exact kind of hiking that I hate doing. Road well, walking. I guess when you do a route that long, that's part of it, you know? And you're in Europe. Yep. There you go. Send all hate mail to... Disco. Buck30 at buck30.com. It's true. But it's very poetic about it, Torsi. Oh, you totally. You love it, you hate it, you, you embrace it, you... Yeah. I laughed, I cried. It was right, exactly. Exactly. The whole thing. The like, whole thing. But really, it was very well put. You, I'm glad yeah. that he finally he picked up a hiking partner on um, the Camino. Okay. Like he was hiking with three girls or four girls on the Camino, I think, and one of them decided to go to the end, I think, with him. And I think it's nice that he has someone to finish with. It's kind of cool to be able to share that, I think, with someone. Even though he's done most of it by himself, it's, I think it'll be cool for him to have someone to share it with. Yeah, nice. absolutely. And I, well, he said, "What two hundred miles?" So yep, it's not he's going to be done before we record the next show. Yep. And he wow. hopefully will get an audio update. And wonder then, what he's doing after his hike. Now, Dilo, did you mention something about the uh, Out of Order podcast? What What do you know? Uh, I don't know, but I think we should have him uh, come on to the Trail Show and record with us. Yeah. Oh, so out of order, that's a must. Out of order. If you're listening, when you come back to the United States. You have an open-ended invitation to record a trail show with those of us who record the trail show, <laughs> whoever it might be, wherever it's changing, wherever it might be, whoever they might be, yeah. you are more than welcome. So, is this like one of these oldies acts where, like, they'll say it's this group, but there's like no one from the original group in it as they tour? Uh, <laughs> eventually, that's what it's going to be. Uh, okay. By the time we get inducted into the podcast Hall of Fame. None of the original members will be. It, it'll just be like some clear channel thing where they've got, you know. Uh, but we'll all be sports. rich. We're all going to be oh, rich oh. when the trail show is syndicated. We already are from that Sam Adams sellout. That we corporate, oh, yeah. Tell me about sellout. it. Oh, man. I've got like. I am upset. I just missed it. I, I wanted that oh. filthy oh, lucre. Man. Oh, 30 man. 30 bucks Max. went four ways. It was Max. amazing. Max, I have, like, I have like a couple refrigerators at my house filled with Sam Adams. <laughs> That was that was actually part of the deal that we made with Sam Adams to agree to talk about their beer. Yeah, they gave me on a couple every re- show. They yeah. gave me a couple For refrigerators and they filled them with beer. I, dude, I just can't. There's so much Sam Adams in my house. It's crazy. I want some of Sam Adams Boston Lager. You know? Lager. That, yeah. that was in the that yeah. was in the montage. Oh yeah, you would have actually really appreciated that. That yeah. when we talked to her, you would have really gotten into that. Uh, and the lady that we talked to was really oh, cool. Oh, she was so knowledgeable and so excited about beer. Yeah. Very cool. But Very cool. you know what that means. We're all frauds. Yeah, oh, we're yeah, all we're so frauds. Nice. Oh, speaking of which, by the way, Trail Show listeners, if you too would like to sponsor a Trail Show, our Trail Show sponsorships are now 
the measly price of $29.95. And for $29.95, you will get yourself a 30-second spot. No. no yes, no, no. on the trail show. And we would like to sell uh-huh. as many $29.95 spots as we can so that we can actually just, you know, not even really talk up here, but just bombard you with advertisements. That's our plan, ladies and gentlemen. So if that's okay with you, by all means, send all of your $29.95 request for trail show sponsorships to... What's that buck email 30 at buck30.com? No, 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 no. Which one? Sales at trailshow.com. No, no, no. There I, it is, ladies and gentlemen. D'Lo, you're reading off like a ad sheet what? from the first year of Trail Show. From the like, 1950s. And this spot was sponsored by Sam Adams Boston Logger. <laughs> 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 oh, man. No, but we do, you know, we do, need, uh, we do need some beer sponsors for our next few shows. So if you're interested in sending beer or... Um, you know, just making a donation, specifically earmarked <laughs> for our beer. Then, uh, I was uh, trying to find the buzzer the whole time. Email us at beer at thetrailshow.com. Yeah, we are always looking for beer. That's right. And beer. Bears. That's right. You ready, Beauty? I'm ready. Hello. Buenas tardes. Yes, Felicia oh. with Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, my name is P.O.D. for these events, but that's okay. So, oh, what is what? P.O.D. P.O.B. P.O.D. P.O.D. <laughs> Princess. P-O-D. Princess of Darkness. Okay, so we ha- we have oh, P.O.D. Yes. <laughs> okay. We have on the line Jeff Halligan from the Idaho Trails Association. He is the executive director, and this is Disco P.O.D. Mags and D'Lo from the Trail Show. Thanks for coming on with us. Yes, thank you. And uh, you guys are having a special event right now as we speak, right? Yes, we're having our volunteer appreciation party up in Sagal, Idaho. And, um, yeah, we're having about 50 people here um, just saying thanks to all the volunteers who've come out and helped us in the past. And future volunteers are going to help us here this this coming summer. So when you have an event where you offer hospitality like such as this, do you do it DLO style where you then make them do some trail work? <laughs> we Well... We hope to. Um, right now, um, it's kind of an awareness party. We're going to have oh, a cross cut okay. saw there with nice. a with a log and, and do some practicing like that, and, is that and encourage them to come out and help us. Yeah, but is that a drinking game that you do with the cross cut saw there at the party? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no drinking no. games. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll have beer beer and wine there, but um, yeah, we try to try to limit that. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about the Idaho Trails Association because. You know, we know that Idaho is a giant state and has some of the largest swaths of wilderness area around. So tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of how long you guys have been around and what exactly you do and how many billions of dollars your budget is. <laughs> so, so we started we started in 2010 and and that wow. year we had one work party with 13 volunteers. Wow. And um we cleared about 2 miles of trail that year. Uh, last season, um, we had 223 volunteers for about 40,000 or 4,000 hours of volunteer time, and the value of our work to the land managers was almost 140,000 dollars. Nice. So that's 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 money that they're not getting um, through through budgets and con- right. you know through Congress and things, and we're trying to fill it fill in that gap. And so that was our value last year. This year, we're trying to raise that by 40 percent again, and so. Um, we have 10 week longs this year where last year we had five week longs 
um, you know, working deep in the back country with, with taking the volunteers in just to clear trail. And last year we cl- cleared about 70 miles of trail. Um, and that's bringing it up to forest service standards where we're cleaning water bars and things like that. We're doing the work completely, not just removing logs. And, and this year we're hoping to, like I say, add another 40% on top of that. Hey Jeff, uh, this is Disco. Hey, quick question for you. Do you all base, like, do, does your trail work cover the entire state of Idaho or are you just focusing on specific, uh, regions of Idaho at the moment? Right now, our goal is to cover the whole state, and we work on non-motorized trails um, and hiking trails throughout the state of Idaho um, under federal land management. And so right now, um, a couple areas we're lacking in is up in the Salmon Chalice area over by Yellowstone, and then kind of um, north-central Idaho. We don't have a big impact there yet, but we're working on that. Um, North Idaho, we're covered well around Boise, Sun Valley area. We do a lot of work in those areas, and so eventually we're going to branch out and cover the whole state we're hoping to. Listeners may remember that last year I went and did one of these week-long trips with you guys and had a great time. It was so much fun, Um, and I learned a ton of uh, trail building technique, and I couldn't believe actually how much I learned. In fact, Disco and I went out on a little pseudo-trail work project thing the other day, and I just from talking to people, it was... um, I was impressed with myself uh-huh. about my knowledge. So yeah, she it's was, a great way to, to learn some skills. <laughs> Jeff, she was teaching us from all the skills she learned on her Idaho <laughs> work week. And I don't know if, if she told you or if anyone told you, but um, I'm actually going to join her and some of our listeners are going to join us for another week in the Idaho woods this summer working on the Idaho Centennial Trail. Yes, that's um, we're calling that the Poet Creek Project, and uh, we're very excited to have everyone back. Um, the unique thing about this work party um, is that it's on the, um, the actual Nez Perce Trail. It's a historical trail that has been used for thousands of years by the Native Americans in the area. Wow. And um, so part, part of the work is going to be um, working on that trail and then a section of the Idaho Centennial Trail that um, really needs some serious maintenance. Um, so it'll be exciting for that to get that open again and we're also having a historian coming in to give a talk one of those nights who um while you're there and talk about the the nez Perce trail and and the significant importance of that trail to, uh, the, to the native americans there excellent excellent i had no idea i was yeah, in for such a that week either. that's hmm. cool yeah it'll it'll be exciting it's a beautiful area very very remote um it's one of the hardest places to get to in idaho so <laughs> you'll, you'll be traveling a long long time before and you get there. and that's from just the time that i spent in idaho last year saying it's the hardest place to get to in idaho that's <laughs> saying something <laughs> that means something um now yes. I, I want to talk briefly about the crosscut saws because you brought that up and i think i remember uh-huh. clay telling us that you're one of the few people that actually knows how to sharpen crosscut saws. Um, I, I do sharpen them, um, and that's one of the things I've, I've done for quite a while. There are quite a few people that do it, but most people um, are kind of getting out of the out of the business. Um, so it is kind of hard to find somebody to sharpen those saws. And I, I kind of cover a lot of the central Idaho area, and I've got a few friends that sharpen, um, but they're not doing it much anymore. So it is. It, it, I guess I guess Clay's right. It, there's not a whole lot of folks out there doing that anymore. How long does it take it's to sharpen, like, say your average, not like totally been thrown in the dirt and let, forgotten for 20 years, just like your average saw that people uh-huh. have been using, how long does it take to sharpen one saw? 
so the the Idaho Trails Association saws um, when they come to me at the end of the season, um, they're generally in pretty good shape, and they ju- they just need a quick tune up. And it'll take for a six foot saw, it'll take me about two hours oh. to get back in in really good really good running shape. If it's um, if they hit a rock with it, um, it could be eight hours or ten hours wow. to get it back in shape again. So wow. yeah, we're very careful with our saws. Yes. Jeff, I like how you said uh, a quick tune up is only two hours <laughs> well and i can attest yeah. that clay was really careful he was the only one that carried the crosscut saw when we went in and out yeah do they so. bend uh-huh. can you like when you're when you're packing it in can you bend this thing around your pack or how does it uh how, how do that's you not, not how clay carried it how did clay yeah. carry it he carried it like kind of like a really long gun like leaning up against his shoulder and yep. going straight up okay hmm. how long and is so a crosscut what, saw what, jeff Five and a half to six feet are the, are the usual saws that we use. And are they and flexible? You're at, they are. And um, the thing about it is the saws we use, um, they quit making in the 1930s and 40s. Oh, wow. And so they're, nice. they're, <laughs> they're, they're getting really old. And what we what we found in the early 90s, we used to take them and just bend them over our packs and almost where the handles were touching each other to, in a complete circle. Yeah. But we were finding that... Um, if we left them overnight and it got really cold, um, they would break. And oh. we, we, we quit doing that. We actually quit bending them completely because they're just getting so old that they're get, starting to get brittle or something. We're not sure yeah. what's going on. But um, they are starting to break when we're bending them, so now we carry them straight again. It, but we'll, we'll bend them over the top of a mule, but not over our backpacks anymore. And we should point out that crosscut saws are primarily used in wilderness areas because you're not allowed to to bring in something that's motorized or mechanized like a chainsaw. So if you want a clear trail in a wilderness area, you've got to use something that's manual, and a crosscut saw gets the job done quite well. And Clay told me that I think Idaho Trails Association uses crosscuts for most of their work, even outside of the wilderness area. Is that correct? Yes. um, We don't use power saws. We burn no fossil fuels when we're working. Everything we do is with hand tools and crosscut saws. So if we're outside of wilderness, we're still using crosscuts. Oh, cool! And the idea, the the idea behind that is not only safety, um, because crosscuts are so much safer than a chainsaw, yeah. um, and it's easier to teach somebody how to use a crosscut. Oh, yeah. um, but it's also kind of a family event. You can get yeah. a father and a daughter on a crosscut and cut a tree out, and it's just so much fun that way because people can talk and visit while they're working and discuss things and things like that instead of one person. Working a chainsaw that's yeah. really loud. Everybody's yeah, Jeff, back that's just trying to stay away. That's totally true. I know when I've let my five-year-old at the chainsaw in my house, man, it's <laughs> it's nothing but trouble. So, I definitely appreciate using yeah. the crosscut saw with the youngins. I can definitely appreciate that. Father Vier, Mike DiLorenzo. So, let me ask you this though: what's what's an alternative, a modern alternative, if one is not able, if one doesn't have a crosscut saw that uh, is an antique? What, what what's a modern day alternative? For wilderness trail maintenance. So they've, they've come out. Um, there's a company named Silky that came out with oh, a saw. Yeah. It's a folding saw, and it's got a blade that's about two and a half to three feet long. And those do a really nice job on smaller trees up to like 12 inches. But when you're getting into those big ponderosas and dug firs and cedars that are four or five foot across, um, you're going to need a crosscut for those. But they um, don't, they don't uh, make those they, ki- kind anymore. Do they make a different kind now? Oh, they, they make silkies. Um, no, 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 happened? the crosscuts. The cross, because you had said that they, they stopped making them in the 50s or whatever. The silkies yeah, not going to cut it. The, 
Yeah, so the <laughs> silkies are a smaller saw. Um, they're more of a pruning saw. Right. And they're modern, a modern saw. But the current cross-cut saws that they make, um, there's a couple manufacturers out there. And what, what happened was they, they've changed the metal. And so um, the metal in the old vintage saws, they don't make anymore because they don't have any reason to make it. Wow. The closest metal to that is a bandsaw, like in the big sawmills, those great big bandsaw blades. Sure. But they don't hold the they don't hold the edge quite like ah, the old vintage saws do okay. um, be- because the metal's uh, so much softer nowadays than, than the vintage saws. Wow. So if you get a new manufacturer saw, um, they're not going to stay sharp as long. They're going to dull a lot quicker where we can go a whole season um, on one sharpening with our cross cuts if we're careful. The new saws, you'll go maybe two weeks oh, and have wow. to Whoa. bring it out and, and and resharpen it and take it back in. And so, so we really do appreciate those old saws. They're, Hmm. they're nice. (laughs) Yeah. Understood. We've, um, so POD and I do some trail work every year with the Colorado trail foundation and the segment we maintain, uh, the last couple of years, I feel like a couple of times during each of each of the work days, somebody will pull out. It's basically a, the chain off a chainsaw and it's got two handles. It's got one on each end of the chain Uh And it's kind of yep. an undercut, but we've had really good luck cutting through pine pine trees with those uh, manual. I guess you'd call them a manual chainsaw. I mean, there's it, yes, you know what I'm talking about. I, I have seen those. Um, those are really hard to come by, actually. Really? <laughs> oh, okay. I, huh. um, I don't. I don't know if they're manufactured. That was an idea from world, I think World War II. Okay. Um, yeah. Was a. It was kind of a portable chainsaw for yeah. for folks um, during during the war, and I don't know of any manufacturers that make hmm. those anymore. Um, we'll they are to, very handy if you if, yeah, if you we'll have, have to one. ask yeah. our friend because um, yeah, they're nice because they're so easy to carry. They just fold up into a little pouch, and it's still a two person job, yep. so it's still yeah. kind of fun. You know, you're working with someone else, and we've cleared some pretty big trees with those. Yeah, nothing as big as no. what oh, yeah. Idaho has, yeah. but we, we've we definitely cleared like... Yeah, like that you know, big duo, like yeah, 14 tw- feet across. 12 to 18 inch trees <laughs> with those and uh, you have to use wedges and you know... Yeah, I for mean, sure. But, yeah. so. but you do with cross cuts too. Yeah, it, okay. You have to use wedges uh, with cross cuts? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Yes. To, keep the, yeah. to keep the cut open. Yeah. 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 I, I think the limiting factor on those is if you have a tree that's about knee high it's got a lot of top bind. Okay. Um, you wouldn't be able you wouldn't be able to cut from the top because you you wouldn't be able to get low enough to the ground exactly to, to bring that 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 thing through. So yeah, but yeah, but they are handy. So what uh, looking yeah. forward for you guys? I mean, what it sounds like you're focused on increasing your volunteership this year. Do you have any specific areas of Idaho that you're focusing on over the next you know couple of years or large scale projects? Yes, right. Yeah, right now um, we made a big push into northern Idaho this year. That's that's where I'm at right now. I'm up in Coeur d'Alene, and um, we're going to have um, seven one-day projects up here in a week long, and generally we have four or five just one-day projects up in this area. Um, we made a big push into central Idaho, which is the Grangeville-Riggins area, which are really small. <laughs> if you look at Idaho, the center of Idaho is pretty much bare, and um you know, no roads or anything, and yeah. we're, we've yeah. really moved into that area. And so we'll, we'll be doing a lot of work in there. And then this coming year, um, next year, we're working on getting into the Salmon Chalice area, kind of over by Yellowstone, like I was talking about, Idaho Falls, that country over there on the Idaho-Wyoming um, border. We're looking at a bunch of opportunities over there to get people involved and, and start working on trails in that area. 
Hey, Jeff, speaking and, of getting and, people involved, if um, do you guys have a website where people can go to like sign up to volunteer or donate to Idaho Trails Association? Yes, it's it's IdahoTrailsAssociation.org. And, okay. Um, and then and then um, we also have a Facebook page, um, which is, I believe, Idaho Trails. Um, I'm not real good with the computer stuff. That's what we rely on Clay for. <laughs> and, oh, right and on. He, he gets all that stuff set up for us. So, yeah. Those are two great, great areas to, to research us. I should remind Trailshow listeners, he just mentioned Clay. That's Clay Jacobson Woodward that we had on the show last year to talk about his thru-hike of the Idaho Centennial Trail. Yep. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That, that's actually how we got to know Idaho and, and the Idaho Trails Association and the ICT and, and all the great work that you guys are doing yeah. up there. And that's how I ended up going on my uh-huh. trail work project was through Clay. So that was cool. Yeah. And so we actually hired Woodward as, um, he's our trails program specialist, and um, he leads a lot of these projects and does a lot of the organizing. And so when you folks go and work in on Poet Creek, Clay will be leading that project. And so he'll he'll be in there working with you folks. Very nice. Hey, uh, Jeff, before we skedaddle, is there anything else that you want to get out there about Idaho Trails Association that we haven't asked you tonight, or just anything at all you want to plug or cover? Yes, um, just um, having people research us and look at what we do and then volunteer to come out on projects. Um, we're, we don't cost very much. For $50, you can join one of our week-long projects and go see someplace that you've probably never seen before and have the opportunity to do it with other people. Um, that's one of the things that's really fun about our our program is we'll get people from out of state who want to visit the Sawtooth and they'll sign up for the week-long and come in and, and visit it, have a great time, do a lot of good good work, meet some really good people, and, and have a lot of fun in the yeah. meantime. Yep. But, yeah. And I should mention lots of nudity on those trips, too. Cool. Um, <laughs> uh, <yeah>. So, uh, <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much for talking with us today and, and uh, educating our listeners uh, more about the Idaho Trails Association and all the work that you guys are doing. And uh, hopefully we'll direct yeah. some traffic that way and maybe some funds as well. All right. It sounds really good. Well, thank you, folks. Thanks, yeah. Jeff. yeah go, thank you. Jeff. go get drunk and use some saws. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. All right. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Halligan, Executive Director of the Idaho Trails Association. I don't think Jeff was quite prepared for POD. And I really don't think he's going to go and drink a six-pack of beer and then go cut some no, trees. No, I don't think I so. But don't, what I he sounds... Don't. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just don't think he's going to do that. <laughs> but what it sounds like is he's motivating a lot of people to get out there and do trail work. Yeah. To get on the trail. And the best trail work tools are 70 years old. Yeah, that's wow. amazing. That's super it? interesting. That yeah. is, he said 1930s was when the best crosscut saws were because put out, they, and that's what they're still using. They don't yeah. make them the way they used to. Yeah. yeah. Well, why would they? Because most people are using chainsaws, yeah. except yeah. these yeah. very relatively small pockets. We think of Frank Church Wilderness huge, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's a small pocket of wilderness. So a why would you land? Right. Why would you make tools that only a very Niche. tiny amount of people are going to use yeah. like the Colorado Trail I guess apparently that's from the 40s as well with yeah. the Colorado Trail yeah. Oh, yeah. which I didn't realize I've seen them use it before I didn't realize this was vintage as well oh Ma- man I bet that really just made you like Mags you're going to get your interest I guarantee you we're going to get to use a crosscut saw on our oh. June work day yeah we're going to be doing a lot of crosscutting wow I think a bomb may have just no it's just thunder Okay. But you got to make it really? sing. Is that the huh. term they use? My little bit of cross-cut song. They say you got to make it sing. Yeah, they say that, but I, I don't know. I, you couldn't really hear that when we were 
doing it. Maybe you weren't doing it fast enough. I these, maybe these two gentlemen who they let me do it a little bit because I wasn't qualified. I was kind of on the slide, but when they did it, it it really did have that sound. It was pretty amazing. Hmm. Just they got really into it. It's, like, it's pretty funny too because some you know logs they fall however they fall, and so sometimes you're in these really awkward positions trying to saw, and then by the end, like both people are like sitting on the ground like like a rowing machine. You know, yeah. like it's kind of yeah, funny. Yeah. But how cool is it? Fifty bucks gets you a week, week of trail work. That's I mean, pretty cool. That and, is a heck of a deal. And some of those trail work projects, they provide a chef. Hey, now we should have talked to what him now? about that. Hey, yes, <laughs> huh? what? they have a what? camp chef, and you're in a beautiful area that most people don't see. Yeah, in a remote part of the U.S. Now, like, my the trail work project that I went on did not have a chef, but I didn't realize that they provided chefs for some of the trail work projects. I mean, for me, so you would have held out for a different work no, project? No, no, but it was just funny because I was like, oh, okay, we backpack in and then we do trail work, whatever, but um, some of the other people who were on the trip were like, oh, yeah, we usually have chefs, and they brought yeah. a lot of gourmet wow. food to share. Gourmet. Did you bring your own food? I We did. They brought yeah. a bunch of stuff to share, but I didn't because I was just like, oh, backpacking food, you know, like yeah. I brought like bars and nuts and macaroni and cheese you know you're a three hiker doing trail work. they had like very nice wine and all kinds of stuff did they pack it in on mules it was like d-lo the first time he went car camping with his family and he was like i brought a crazy creek oh god that was so embarrassing <laughs> d-lo 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 so embarrassed i just uh, wanted to go home what i love with these overnight trail projects you get this wonderful sense of camaraderie it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, we I, met some really cool folks. I've done some day trail hike projects, um, trail work projects, rather. Yeah. But the overnight ones, I just think, yeah, are this incredible. Was five nights. That must have been fantastic. It was I've never great. done anything quite that yeah, long it was for really trail fun. work. And I just, it's just a great way to see a different part of the country in a different way than just hiking through it. Cause you're in that area all for five days. Yeah. I mean, you must have gotten to know that area super well. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, okay, so you're not hiking. You know, a hundred and something miles, right? Over the five days, you hike the same miles kind of over and over or whatever. But it is really hard work. Like, it's it's physically exhausting. And it's really cool to be able to, like, you hike through back through your work every day that you've done. You know, it's kind of neat. You see the progress. And POD, it, you just said it, it. it's really hard work. But we should make sure that listeners don't get intimidated. No. Because what I can tell you is that if you've never done trail work before... Just get out there and do it. They'll give you everything you need to know. They'll tell you exactly what you need to do. You don't need any special skills. You just need to show up and have a positive attitude and be ready to make a difference on on a section of trail that you might give a a crap about. And they're they're just really grateful for any work that you do. And if you can only do... You know, you do what you can do. I, I, for example, in the afternoons, I petered out quite a bit because I was so tired. And Clay did make fun of me, but if you're a normal person and not <laughs> me, then that wouldn't happen. He'd be I, super nice. I, I want to share a quote from Grandma Magnanti. <laughs> Grandma Magnanti just wants all of our listeners to know that hard work builds character. No, my grandmother never said that. <laughs> what, what did she say, Mags? She said it's nice to be nice. That was my other grandmother, but she did oh. say that. But that was a great quote from my other grandmother, yes. It's Your nice grandmother to be never nice. said that? Well, I, I, you know what? I'm saying it here and now. I'm saying that hard work builds character, people. But and that trail that you hike on every day, somebody built that. And if it wasn't you, you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, uh, <laughs> Buck 30. I will re- re- the onion. 
But I will just say, not to get people scared, there's all different levels of trail work. If you want to do some heavy lifting, there's what I think of as more light maintenance, still very important. Yeah. Some pruning, get out the clouds to rake the trail. and so, so. I yeah. got I to I gotta interject here and say that every trail work project that I've been on, all of the manly men always gravitate towards the rocks. <laughs> and you almost kind of want to just stay away from these guys because you're just like, that's okay, buddy. You can move the rocks. You, you want to move the rocks? Go ahead and move the rocks. I can find something else to do here. I'll do some digging. I'll, like, rake the trail. You want to move the rocks? You can move the rocks. Because people seem to gravitate towards the rocks and the trail. They're like the rocks. That oh, definitely right. was not the case on the trip that I went really? on. But it was three women and three men. So yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, I, I, I haven't done trail work since I had kids because I can't get away that much anymore. But well, you do it in the backyard every Yeah, weekend. I do. But that's different because nobody helps me. It's just me. <laughs> but listeners... You know, open invitation. You want to come to Boulder? You can camp in my yard. I got stuff for you to dig. You're not allowed to go inside, though. But every, <laughs> but, and you don't have to go to the most remote areas. Everywhere you live, there's always... Right, you can come to my yard. I was going to say I did one space. I, no offense, Dila. I did one, <laughs> I did one project. Uh, my friend Emily, uh, was she was the trail crew. It was a youth project. Okay. And it was getting rid of noxious weeds in local open space. There you go. That's oh, right. that, sounds, that doesn't sound like easy work. But it's not moving boulders. It's not moving boulders. It's true. No, it was real. It was great. And of course, they didn't have beer and wine, but they had Ben and Jerry's with root beer for ice cream floats. Hey, that's that's all right. That was pretty. And they gave frisbees, which I have in my car. Use on as a plate for trail work projects. Mags, the trail work that you and I did many years ago for with uh, the rebar, the Boulder Mountain Bike Association. Oh yes, those people were all about the rock work. You can't like the the, all the you know you get in there you start doing work and it's just like let me move the rocks. Where are the rocks? I need to move the rocks. Yeah, it's funny because. um, Like our the, the Colorado memory, Trail least. section, we do any time that there's a down tree on the trail, they get as many people as they can to like get around the crosscut saw. And the way it works is you got two people sawing and until they're fatigued. Like they go as hard as they can mm-hmm. until they drop and then immediately two people come in right behind yeah. them. And so you the saw never really stops. Hmm. It's just mm-hmm. the people it's rotate. A, it's a and machine. that's the chainsaw yeah. thing that he's talking yeah. about. And that's how it is with the crosscuts too. I mean you can't you you cannot saw a log continuously by yourself no, unless you're a beast. I mean, you you have to like trade up. That's just the way it is. I've the, seen Delo saw like three logs in a row without taking a break and while the, he's sleeping. And w- the other thing I found interesting about trail work, <laughs> there's a community of people. They s- just like all of us will hike different trails in different regions. I want to see the desert, so I'll do that. Right. You know, I'll do the Arizona trail. I want to see Vermont foliage. I'll do the long trail. People will pick trail work. Based on the season, a lot of retirees who when the travel, I did one project. They had a Long Trail L T-shirt on. I said, "Oh, I've always wanted to see Vermont, so I'm going to do a trail work project on the Long Trail in the fall." Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's how they see different areas of the country. So it's sure. a great way to see different aspects you wouldn't see. And then you could do things on either side of that week long trail work project. You know? yeah. And that's what they were doing. So it was really great. When we come back from break, we're going to have the INCA trail with Delo. Don't go anywhere, folks. We've got Paul Mags Mignanti in studio. With Grandma's Ravioli Quotes. Not a chance, and I never listen to a trail show. 
It, I just couldn't believe it. There was trash in the outhouse, and people were camped on the slopes. It, it was just slopes? a mess. Oh, uh, the slopes, dude? Nah. That sounds like Peru. Were, uh. there, were there Walmart tents? Well, so when I did this trip, I hiked in, and there were so many people doing search and rescues. They got tired of it, and they flagged this supposed non-trail. So I'm like, okay. oh, great, a little off-trail exploring. It's flagged. Pink flagging tape, a local search and rescue, apparently. And I got to this um, beautiful gorge. There used to be a power plant there. The power plant was this old, beautiful brickwork. And I get inside. People actually did camp in, and they left their Walmart tents there and didn't bother carrying it. I found first uh. aid kits still in the f- plastic with the price tags on it. What? Yeah, that really that really befuddled me, because why would you carry in a first... Befuddled? Fir- yes. Why would you carry in a first aid kit and just leave it there? Uh, and there were tents, I mean, brand new tents still in the package. Like They decided to sleep in this old power plant and just leave the tent there. Did you take the tent? No. If I had, okay. the, if I had to pack everything out, there were MREs there. There were oh, first geez. aid kits, Walmart tents. There we're were talking like, hundreds of pounds. There were cotton sweatshirts. Were there blue jeans mags? Oh, you should with have just pro- had, with propane. You uh, could have scorches. just had a giant like fire of jeans, sweatshirts, and Walmart tents, <laughs> and, and MREs and first aid kits. But should we talk about Trail of the Month? Yeah, we got Trail of the Month yeah. with D'Lo this month. He's going to be talking what? about the. I, I didn't know I was going to do Trail of the Month. What are you talking about? The INCA Trail. Now tell us again. What does the acronym stand for? Wait, wait. You, you seriously? I'm doing Trail of the Month. Yes. Yeah. Was I supposed to do some research on this? The yes. Inca Trail. Young yeah. man, you need to go to the INCA. Typically, typically we have people on for Trail of the Month that have actually hiked the trail. So we're hoping you've actually walked the INCA Trail. The INCA Trail? Do you mean like the Inca, the Inca Trail? Oh, is the that Inca what it trail. is? Oh, we're talking about the Inca Trail. Well, we're so used to the, this alphabet soup motif that yeah. we see so without okay, acronyms. Yeah. So T-I-T. Uh, I have not actually <laughs> hiked the TIT. I have. <laughs> I've hiked the Salkantai Trek to Machu Picchu, Ooh, which is an alternate Inca Ooh. Trail. Yes, that's right. Because back in 2005, and you were youngsters out there who might not have been alive in 2005, I just want you to know that I was hiking then. Yeah, that's right. Um <laughs> Why do you sound like you have dentures? Where did, I mean, yeah, yeah, where did the years ago, dude, dude? Where did my grandfather just come from? What like, happened? Just, to you yeah, like? I don't know, man. I was weird, but anyways, yeah, I hiked the Salkantai <laughs> Trail, also known as the Santa Teresa Trail, uh, to Machu Picchu about was it 2017? Twelve years ago, a lifetime ago. Twelve years ago. That's wow. right. So yeah, just I think ha- how different your life was twelve uh, years ago. Yeah, it's a lot different. So, anyways, <laughs> I have some. I have some. Ro- so, the, just to to preface this, you've got a couple different ways to get to Machu Picchu. You've got the Inca Trail, which is um, for people that really want to see ruins, and you need a guide. And you need to go with a guided tour, and it costs hundreds of U.S. dollars. And you will see a lot of human faces, and there will be a lot of people on this. And a lot of people camped on slopes. Yep. Hmm. Burning jeans and Walmart yes. tents. Yes. So, and then there is also the Salkantai Trek, which back in 2005 was a, a much less known alternate way to get to the uh, to get to Aguas Calientes. You're ruining it. You're ruining it. Why am I ruining You're it? You're l- revealing. Oh no, dude, it's already no. ruined. No, it's I'm already teased. been done. Oh, all these info's um, out there. Yeah, the so info's is all there. Is there a GPS track, Dilo? Yeah, actually, there is. Um, is there an app? But, there is no app, okay. but you can get maps, and you can actually go on. You can you can get guides that will take you on this trek as well. Uh, even in 2005, there were guided tours on this trek. Uh, I hiked this by myself. Hmm. So some raw details. Uh, it's about 50 kilometers, 
point to point, I believe. Three to five days, uh, the elevation ranges from 2,400 meters to 4,600 meters. We speak American yeah, around here. I don't know what that is. Okay, 4,600 meters is about 15,000 feet. Ooh. Multiply by 3.2. Yeah, those passes Ooh. are high. So out you there. go over a 15,000 foot pass. That's, That's not even a mountain because no. you, because you go you go that 15,000 foot pass is underneath Nevado Salcantay, which is a 20,000 foot mountain. That's got throw up written all over it. So that so that's how this trek differs from the uh more established Inca trail in that you go by some extremely mountainous serious mountainous terrain. Oh, so it's more of a wilderness trek in some ways. It's not really very wildernessy because nowadays there's lots of people doing mm. this. Um, so the starting point is the town of Mayapata, which is a three-hour three hour, uh, drive by Colectivo, or minibus, for mm-hmm. the gringos. It's actually pronounced Mollepata. Mollepata, which is uh, tres horas para Colectivo. Uh, Por Colectivo. I can never get the poor and the par straight, man. I'm American. Come on. <laughs> American. <laughs> poor, par, tomato, tomato. If I don't you just know. say it fast, then they all sound the same. That's what somebody once told me. Uh, and it ends at Aguas Calientes, uh, which is the town, the tourist trap below Machu Picchu. There, uh, Aguas De Calientes bajo. has hot springs, lots of hotels, food, and from Aguas Calientes, you can get the bus or a train back to Cusco. Guides are not required, but if you wanted a guided hike, there's more than more than enough Peruvians who will take your money and drive you to the trailhead and take you on a beautiful hike. And carry your pack. Some, yeah. would, some would say if you swung a dead cat, you could hit a guide. You probably could. <laughs> um, currently, as best I could tell... Another one-liner, ladies and gentlemen. Th- this, being Peru, this being Peru um, and, and not uh, researching this on Spanish, an official Spanish-speaking websites, but on old, you know, written in 2012 uh, websites in English... Apparently, as far as I can tell, there are no fees or permits. Uh, you can get maps at the South American Explorers Club in Cusco, Cusco, which is an amazing place. I highly recommend you join the South American Explorers Club if you're going to South America to explore. Uh, they have so many maps. They, when I was there in 2005, this is before the age of the Internet, you could go there and read journals from people, write-ups on the hikes. So I, I actually spent time at the South American Explorers Club, uh, Club in Cusco. They had uh, mate de coca, which is your coca leaf tea, which really soothed my ill stomach because I <laughs> ate too much. Uh, I ate too much street food in Peru, and I started getting sick. So the mate de coca helped out my stomach a lot. Hey, where, but anyways, I would go there and read d- trail descriptions, you know, like routes and just like, hey, here's what I found. Here's how you get to the hot springs. This is what happens when you here. Don't miss this turn. Stuff like that. Did you have a question? Uh, you're, I think you're speaking to something that a trail show listener, I think, is Joey Notbrosif. Wasn't he asking a question about... Oh, yeah. It's about in, how to research international it, trails. Yeah. yeah. Now, now I, you weren't here last month, but Joey Notbrosif wrote in, and he claimed, D'Lo, that he didn't actually send in the letter that you read and attributed to him, and I wondered if you would like to comment on that uh, right now. I would just have to refer Joey Notbrosif... Uh, what's Jim's last name again? Notbrosif. Joey Notbrosif. I would have to refer him to my lawyer, uh, Brian Buck30 Tansman, because I cannot comment on this matter at this well, moment. And I think he's pulling a Trump. You know, like I, one day he says this, the next day it's not that. You know, it, who Joey Notbrosif, Richie. Yeah. Joey yeah. Notbrosif, Richie. 
I, I yeah. thought I thought Brian was an accountant. Is he wear multiple hats? Well, apparently yes. he's a registered Delaware agent and acting general counsel for Trail Show Legal Department oh, LLC. Yeah, he's our acting general counsel in the state of Delaware now. Yeah. So he, he's like a multi-threat person. Yeah. Oh, Max, since you've been gone, we've actually incorporated as a corporation in the oh, state of Delaware yeah. so that it could uh, yes. accumulate more funding. And also, did you ever chew the coca leaves? No, I didn't chew any coca leaves. I, just I had some the of the tea, and I was just like, man, I love the tea. whatever. The tea was so soothing to my ill stomach. Yeah, I wasn't oh. ill when I drank it, but I chewed on some of those leaves when I was going over a couple of those high passes because everybody was like, oh, this really? will help you. But it just... <laughs> I Tell like, me about that, I feel like I had been to the dentist. My face went numb on that side. <laughs> I was just like, this is not helpful. Wow. This is not helpful at all. So you get, if you want to experience the wilderness, have some cocoa leaves and get that root canal no, I feeling. Think, I think the tea is probably a better bet. The tea was... I, I, like I said, I, I, ate a, I was eating a lot of street food, drinking smoothies from vendors in that the That sounds streets. like a good idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was the, towards the end of my four months in South America. I was like, eh, let's do this. You know, I'm in Peru. Let's do this, right? But it, it caught up with me. You Did know? you have any Pisco Sours? Oh, too many Pisco Sours. But I just, I, uh, uh, never mind. All right, moving on. Um, guidebooks. There is a Lonely Planet Trekking in the Central Andes, which is out of print, but you can find <laughs> it online. There is a Brat Guides Trekking in Bolivia and Peru, which was last published in 1995, That's which is an excellent resource. When I B- was in South America, the Brat, B-R-A-D-T. Thank you. That trekking guide, when I saw that in a hostel somewhere, was fantastic. Even though it's very dated, two decades old, fantastic. Hmm. So, anyways, the highlights of this trip are the 4,600-meter pass below Nevado Salcantay and the Quebrada Torta Hot Springs. Apparently, there are also hot springs in the village of... Say it, Dilo. I don't remember the name. I didn't write it down. But there are other <laughs> developed hot springs along the way. If you get to the village, you could ask about them. The low point. I want to emphasize this. There is a very, very low point about this hike. Elevation-wise? Just no, like a downer. motivation Metaphorically wise, speaking. Okay. I the low it. point of this okay. hike is the nine-kilometer, three-hour hike along the railroad tracks from the hydroelectric station to the town of Aguas Calientes. This sounds like... Uh, Did you have to dodge trains? No, there was no trains on there, but it was just like me by myself walking on the railroad tracks. You're uh, kind of like down pretty low. It's hot. You're in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's actually quite interesting because you, you're up at 15,000 feet and then you go down to like 8,000 feet and it's hot. It's yeah, jungle. It's, it's jungle. It sounds like the kind of hike in Buck 30 does. Yeah, it well, is. But just the railroad track section. Yeah. So, so in a nutshell, those are the those are the details of the Salcantay trek. It is a fantastic way to get to Machu Picchu from Aguas Calientes. Uh, you could take buses to Machu Picchu, which is a stiff two thousand foot climb out of town, or you could hike it. There's a nice trail that kind of goes straight up, and the roads switch mm. back, so you cross the road every every you know. Now, I'm confused, Dilo, so because yeah. I thought that I thought Trail of the Month was the Inca Trail, and you keep talking about something called the Salcanti Trail, and I'm well, a little it's, the, it, it's, an, it's one of the I'm a little it's confused. Of, it's one of three routes to Machu Picchu. Oh, and are, the Inca Trail is one of the three. Well, there's lots of Inca trails, really, because they all go by. That's right. Inca, they all go by. Uh, they were all Inca used rooms. by the what? Incas. They were used by the Inca people, and they all go by Inca Inca ruins, and they kind of all wind up at Machu Picchu. It's true. All what? trails so, lead. There's, a, there's Machu but wait a minute. There's well, that's no, not true. There's, there's also many other routes um, in uh, Peru that can I'm go try, to Inca I'm trying to make a classical mm-hmm. reference. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yes. The cool thing is that the the uh, the most popular ruins that you that Machu Picchu that you can go to, 
Those are one of the few areas that was not discovered by the Spaniards. Interestingly enough, little... Wait a minute. No one, no one likes my history lesson there? That's pretty good. I'm just surprised because you are giving the history lesson. I know, right? All right, and if, <laughs> if I may... If you I may, may, please. I would like to read an excerpt from my one of my journal entries oh, from yeah, 12 please, please. years ago. Okay, go. Okay, so this is on day three, um, May 3rd, 2005. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't... Oh, it was in May. How apropos. May, May 3rd, 2005. Close to Cinco de Mayo. I bet everybody was partying. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of like... <laughs> with gluten-free chili. Okay, so this the subtitle of this journal post is called Torturous Trekking. Uh, I don't nice know how... alliteration. Yeah, so um, today started off easy and mellow and then turned brutal. It was an easy four-hour cruise with many short breaks to a decent 2.5-hour lunch spot on some rocks next to a stream below the village of La Playa. 2.5-hour lunch break. Oh, yeah, that's how I roll. Uh, that's La Playa, I believe, is the town where the developed hot springs were. I curled up on a rock and slept. <laughs> I passed Sorry. my three friends who were enjoying a lazy morning at camp and planning to take the bus to Aguas Calientes, which I would never do. <laughs> then it got brutal. It was very difficult to find the start of the trail to Yac de Pata. It does not help that the Spanish word for right and straight, derecha, is the same. No, it's not. It's derecha and derecho. It's not the same word. See, that's why you got confused. You don't hey, s- I'm not a native Spanish speaker. When they say derecha and derecho, it's like, it kind of sounds the same. I was pretty good at Spanish after th- three months in, too, and it still sounded the same. But then again, I was asking little kids. Anyways, so after a half-hour climb and descent in the wrong direction, I asked for the fourth time where the trail was. The little girl said, por acá, that way. I said, puede mostrarme. Can you show me? And she did. And her face lit up when I gave her a packet of Ritz crackers with fake cheese for the favor. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You softy, you. Then I trudged up the hill, but not before repeatedly swinging my trekking poles at a growling small dog with fierce sharp teeth that was getting much too close and much angrier as I continued to swing at him. Uh, Just an aside here, listeners. Do not swing your trekking poles at dogs. Throw rocks at them. Because... uh, Swinging poles at dogs is kind of like fun for them. It's enticing them. Yeah, it's Uh, enticing. They want to like, "Ah, give me that, give me that. But if you throw a rock at them, they're going to be like, that guy means business. He wants to hurt me. I'm backing off. So Hmm. trail tip of the month, one of many that you will hear on this episode, throw rocks at dogs or animals. And you need to shout at them as well. You got to match and one up their level of aggression. Throw rocks. Yep. Wow. His owner finally called them off. Then the trail became unrelentingly steep. It did not help that my stomach is tweaked. I, almost on the, I am almost on the verge of soiling myself when flatulating, and my appetite is not very strong. Antibiotics in Cusco, here I come. Finally, at the top of the pass, I head straight, derecha, on the no, wide, derecho. well-maintained wrong trail, the trail that wrong. will eventually go to Machu Picchu. It would not have been so bad, except that I had only 20 minutes of daylight left. Not enough to make wrong turns. Back up and down the unmaintained, overgrown, slippery trail in the dark to where I finally found Yaktapata and the seep written about in the trekking guide book was flowing strong. Yaktapata. From bueno, <laughs> from bueno to brutal, all in one day. Wow. wow. From bueno to brutal. So, Dila, you need to learn my, little, my favorite little poem. That I've tried to teach Disco. What is that? Can I say my poem? Yeah. yeah. My directional poem? Izquierda, derecha, delante, detrás, cerca y lejos y a los demás. 
abajo, arriba, enfrente, encima, y ahora, muchachos, se acaba la rima. It's pretty good. There's a couple of words in there I yeah. picked up. Derecho is, is straight. straight. Derecha is right. Izquierda mm. is See, left. I guess, I guess I never knew that derecha and derecho were different. Very never similar. Picked up on that. Yeah. So yes. 12 years later, if yeah. you only knew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you could have given this. So I could have asked. I could have asked the the other three people. Derecho o derecha. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. See? If you're not and sure, use you, my hands. Yeah. Use my hands. Yeah. 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 Or you of could course. say if yeah. you weren't sure, you could say derecha. Yep. Another another uh, trail trail tip of the month. If you are hiking in South America, bring POD. Bring candy for the children. And bring POD. I don't know about that. You know, say girls say don't do it. Say don't do it. Some people like don't give those people candy. Those people. You would say that. That give people candy. The kids (laughs) are stoked, man. You're like the kids are like gringo, 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 and you're like, man, here's some candy. I mean, it's what like a nickel a piece. Yeah, it's like, come on, man, like be nice. Like, what's the big deal? Why can't you give kids candy? As my grandmother said, it's not like you're in America and somebody's gonna poison your children. Or or they're gonna be like a boulder parent, like excuse me, they haven't had high fructose corn syrup yet. Please don't give that to them. Is that yeah? Exactly. (laughs) Right. In the words of my, but there is, you know, to your point, disco. There are. Wait a minute. I want to hear what. There is a strong. I want to hear what Mag's grandmother There is said. a strong contention of don't give the children candy hikers. I want to hear from them. I, I like my grandmother saying better. It's nice to be nice. Listeners, if you have strong feelings Make about candy, great again is what I say. <laughs> listeners in in the first world, if you are hiking in a third world country where the people that live there are very excited to see you because they know you're rich. Let us know if you would give the children candy, treats, pencils, papers, well, whatever, D-Lo, or would you give them nothing? Dilo, I would curious. actually like to extend that, yeah. to, not just to listeners in the first world, That's but true. perhaps hikers who live in the third world, a, in third world countries, yeah. and do a lot of hiking because they might have a little bit different perspective. Yeah, so let's than, get both sides. You know, of average the coin. guy from Boulder. Yeah, exactly. Like average rich American, right? <laughs> it's like seriously because average rich American. <laughs> I'm surprised. Is like, I'm surprised he didn't try to give them kale chips or something. Oh. <laughs> this is 12 years ago, ago, man. I wasn't like nearly as into he's the like, kale chips as Mags and I. He's are like, now, hey guys, you know? my, oh. hike's, my hike's almost over. How about a spoonful of bacon grease that but I've been did carrying? Did you hear around? that? I'm he's not going to use it anymore. He tried to put me in the kale chip crowd. He, he did. After he heard about that vegan chili, Mags, he's putting you in the kale chip <laughs> crowd. That was purely by accident. I made vegetarian chili because I, I got to make some accommodations to the people in this area. Well, it's okay to make chili without <laughs> <The> people <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and uh, by coincidence, it, was, it happened to be vegan and gluten-free. And people are like, wow. And compostable can you, Yes, Disco, can you just whack the vacuum tubes really quick? All right, I want to bring it back to the the TIT, Please. the Inca Trail. <laughs> um, so, Salkan Thai Trek, no guides. You could do it by yourself. It's like 50 kilometers. You could probably do it in three days, two nights. It's a nice hike. It's a nice hike. Yeah. You can hike all the way up to Machu Picchu on a well-maintained trail from town. It's a good stout hike. You'll like it. You'll feel good about it. There's also lots of other hikes to Ridgetop Inca cities, much like Machu Picchu, that don't have the reputation right. or the crowds. Right. Uh, They're like 13ers as opposed to 14ers. Exactly, like 13,999 feet type of thing. Yeah. Chokikirao is the one that comes to mind, which is another uh, ridgetop Inca city that I hiked to, and I was like hanging out at this well-preserved, you know, llamas munching the grass to keep it down, 
Ridgetop, Inca City, and there was like the guys that worked there when I was there. So there's there are other options, and that's the only one that I know of. But if you are going to South America to go to Peru to see these ruins, you can do the research and find out more. Llama to boot to boot. Llama to boot to boot. One quick question. So yes. It sounds like Cusco is the jumping off point. Cusco is the spot. Man. Okay, what is on average? What is a flight round trip flight from Denver to Cusco? What's that going to run you? Um, Cusco. Cusco. In two thousand five, I believe I paid fifteen hundred U.S. dollars to fly from New York City to New York City to Lima to um, Santiago de Chile. Okay, and. I kind of don't think it's that much more because I flew from Den- uh, flew from New York City to London in, uh, just two summers ago for about fifteen hundred dollars round trip. So well, I, I don't think it's terribly okay. much more nowadays. So so financially it might be the same. But the great news is I've heard that like flying has gotten a lot better since two thousand five. I don't know if you've been hearing anything in the news lately, but apparently like. People on flights and flight attendants and different airlines, they've been, become more friendlier, and there's bec- there's a lot more space in the seats now, and uh, it's, it's a pretty enjoyable you thing. You know, actually, to, you know, you, you joke, you joke, but I, when, you're actually, when you're flying outside of the United States, it's what you nice. said is actually true. Yeah. But yeah. when you're flying within the United States and you're not flying Southwest, props, We've experienced that. props to Southwest, yeah. our next show sponsor. Oh yeah, big money <laughs> coming in. Southwest Corporate Airlines. Sellouts. We got peanuts for all of you listeners next month. That's right, and pretzels and free drink coupons. Oh, if and you those, get a Southwest those Ritz card. chips they hand out. Those are so good. Oh, Your yeah. Southwest credit card will only be a fifty dollar a year monthly recurring charge, and you will get free drink tickets once a year. We're gonna start. We get them twice th- a year. Do you I have know. Southwest cards? Yeah, so we're I starting do. a new program. It's called the Trail Show Club. You sign up. You get some <laughs> benefits. You get points. It's great. No word of a lie. I was on a Southwest flight a couple years ago, and I opened up the Southwest Airlines magazine. And who did I see but former Trail Show guest Andrew Skirka no featured as one of Southwest flyers in Southwest magazine. Well, he's all nice. about Southwest. Yeah. Uh, is he? I, so am I. I am too. Yeah, actually. actually that's the, yeah, I only we, fly we, Southwest now. Same. In all seriousness. Um, I need to share a quick travel story since we're talking about uh, Peru and South America. Okay, go. Is that all right? One of these. I went to Peru in, 19, in, in two th- 2000, I think. Um, that was actually the first backpacking trip that I ever did. You did the real Inca Trail. I did the Inca Trail. Mm-hmm. And I carried my own stuff because mm-hmm. I was hiking with our good friend Ryan. Did you see did human you, uh, feces? Yes. In, in t- did you say 2000? I think that's when it was. Did yeah. you need a guide then? No, you yeah. didn't have to have a guide. Yeah. Things, um, things kind of changed. And I was like, why don't we get a guide? It's so cheap. And I was hiking with my friend Ryan and his friend Dan and my friend Lucy from Mexico came. And they were like, if you're going to hike with us, you're going to carry your own and I was like, okay. And I had this giant backpack. I mean, I was living in Mexico. I had to go buy a backpack in Mexico. So my lo- options were pretty limited. I didn't know what I was doing. I wore jeans. Did you burn them? <laughs> no. Um, Propane torches involved? No, not, okay. unfortunately, no. You wore but, jeans? Yeah. And it was very uncomfortable. Like, not the jeans part. <laughs> really? No, not the jeans part. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that being so bad. It just was like, I remember feeling very uncomfortable, like being very, very tired. And the elevation was a kind of a problem. What is the elevation at the top at I, Machu Picchu? It, not, Machu Picchu is lower than some of the other stuff that you do, actually. Okay. Because I remember in the last bit, you hike up to this 
viewpoint and you're looking down on Machu Picchu. So, but there were some of those passes that was like stone steps. And, you know, I, I always think back to that when I think about people doing a first hike, like thinking about how impossible it seemed, like looking up at the pass and just being like, oh my God, but I can't go backwards, right? There's nowhere to go. I just have to keep going. But I also didn't bring a sleeping pad. I didn't know that you had to bring a sleeping pad. So I think Ryan gave me his, though, which was very nice. Ryan, you're a good man. Yeah. I can't say that everyone in this room. An unfortunate man, but a good man. I can't say everyone in this room would have done the same. But Uh, uh, anyway. I'm a gentleman. (laughs) I wasn't talking about you. I'm just saying. My mother would have given me a backhand if I didn't do something Yeah, I wasn't talking about you. She's uh, talking about D-Lo, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, it wouldn't be me because I usually carry two or three sleeping pads. <laughs> anyway, um, so we did the hike, and then we took the train back to uh, to Cusco, or Cuco, as they say. And do they say Cuco? Yeah, they do. They say Cuco. Okay. They kind of swallow the S. Um, I like it. The train, you can buy seats, or you can buy standing room, um, or if you don't want to pay... You can ride between the cars or there's like you pay like 50 cents or something. And so we didn't know any of this. We thought we were buying seats and we were exhausted. And we figured out that, no, we actually just bought standing room seats. So we stood for like three hours on a moving train and um, the seats were facing each other. So they're groups of like two seats, two seats facing each other. And there was this um, these Czech guys that we had hiked with the whole way to. And they were just getting, like, hammered on vodka and stuff every night. As you do. Yeah. And they were all, like, pretty ragged by the time we got to the train. But they bought seats. And there were five people. And so they got four seats together and then one seat by himself. And this guy sits down. And then this woman comes in. She's bought three seats. And she's got, like, seven kids. And (laughs) And she's not hiking the Inca Trail. No, she's not. And so she sits down next to him. And he was very, like, uncomfortable, you could tell. And so whole like gaggle of children were sitting in the four seats and then she had several kids with her and one of them was a nursing baby and so she just like pulled out her boob you know and she was you know looked inca you know she looked like she probably had some inca descent yeah and so she just she had this giant i remember like thinking how big her boob was it was amazing (laughs) i was just like wow look at that she could feed tons of kids with that and wow, so she, pulls, she probably has. Yes, so she pulls out her giant boob, and this kid's like nursing, and this guy, you know, he you could tell he was just so uncomfortable. And then one of the kids like eventually fell asleep, like over <laughs> onto his, onto his lap, awesome. onto his lap, and he was just like like a, a mannequin, just like completely frozen. <laughs> and then the woman fell asleep with her boob out while this kid is nursing. <laughs> it was so great, and then. There were all these Native American, not Native American, whatever. These women that were riding between the cars, old, old, like Quechuan grandmas. Super old Quechuas. No teeth. Yeah. Tough as nails, I bet. Yeah. And what they did, they Actually, had, I think Quechua is the language. Yeah, 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 you're right. It, yeah. They're, they're Incan. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're Incan. So they were riding between the cars and they had these baskets and they sold like pepitas, like seeds and candies and juice in a bag. And um, like a plastic bag, yes, like a zip, like a plastic, <laughs> yeah, a little not plastic a zip bag, lock, but a plastic bag, yeah, a you're little like, plastic bag, and you like, Dude. and you get a straw and you puncture it. And this is why I was chugging mate de coca. It's yeah, <laughs> I was plastic. drinking the juice yeah. in a plastic bag. Yeah, you don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Was so, that very sanitary? Is what you're trying to say? So yeah. between basically, you got to straight, you got to strengthen your stomach. Yeah. Between stops, what they would do is they would come through the train and sell their 
seeds and little nut cake things and juice in a bag. And, um, and then they'd go back to between the cars. And so they would ride there and it was really cold and stuff. Um, and the bathrooms were there as well. And so I went to use the bathroom after one of the stops and the women had come through and sold a bunch of stuff. And there was actually a train station there and they had run into the train station and bought beer so I went between the cars to use the bathroom, and all the women were like chugging like Peruvian <laughs> beers between the two cars, and I was just like, "Huh, I, I well, that's not what I was expecting, but okay, whatever." That's kind of cool. I mean, you know, I, I want to say what it is. I want to say that um, Cusco is an amazing. It's city. really cool. It's so cool. Like it's worth if you're going to go to South America and you're going to go to Peru, spending like ju- I, I, I spent. I used Cusco as kind of like a base camp when I was yeah, there. And yeah. I, I did the Salcantay trek. I did the Chokiquirau trek or trek. And um, it was it was so fun to just go back there and then hang out for a couple of days. It's really you, nice. You walk around town and there's just these Inca walls. And it's just this beautiful cut stone that's just fit together with no cement. And it survives so many earthquakes. And you're just like, you like look at this wall on the side and of this y- alley and you're like, Wow, we that should was built by people, you know, five hundred years ago. We should also mention standing. that hamster is the local uh, dish. Oh no, you're thinking guinea, guinea pig. pig. A guinea pig, yeah, not hamster. So oh, I tried. No, no, I tried to eat guinea so. pig. I tried to eat guinea oh, pig when I was in oh, South America. Max, do you hear this? And I, know. And I didn't do it right. Oh, I didn't do it right. Charlie. I ended up getting like some fried guinea pig like oh, legs. Oh, right, Milo, it was no good. Please, I wanted like I wanted the full guinea pig mm. on a platter. No, with they don't hairs. do that. It's not like no, a, they do do oh, that. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. But you, oh, if you want oh. the guinea pig, if you go to the Milo, restaurant please. as a, as a gringo and you want the guinea pig on a platter, yeah. From what I recall, from what I remember, at least back in 2005, you had to order it the day before and then come back tomorrow. And then you would so, get the guinea pig on the platter. So, quick news item here in the past 18 months. Yeah. Unofficial mascot of the trail show, <sighs> Charlie, nice. the nice. guinea pig. We had to put him down. Oh, Max, He's so gone sorry, to the great yes. beyond. He's so gone sorry. to the great beyond. And uh, we actually went horseback riding one day. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't just roll over that, <laughs> P.O.D. Well, Hold on. It has to do with guinea pigs. We're having a moment talking no, about moment Wait a minute. Moment, moment of silence. You need moment, of P- 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 moment of silence. Moment of silence. Moment of silence. Charlie. Okay. The unofficial Three, trail Scott. Two, two, trail show master. One. one. Now onto the horseback. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we went horseback riding while we were there. And my friend Lucy actually got bit by one of the horses. <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute what what do you mean she got bit by a horse that's not a thing is it? <laughs> we are riding horses oh well, my god and my horse didn't like her horse and they were kind of like kept like snapping at each other and stuff and at some point my horse went to bite the other horse but Jeez. actually bit her leg on accident and it was pretty bad <laughs> but uh <laughs> wow so we, this is like really bad office politics. Yeah, but we stopped it. Like we were horseback riding out in the, the, the countryside there, and we went by a little house with like a dirt floor. What's up, trail show? With the dirt floor, <laughs> and um, and we went inside to have a meal, and they their two offerings were eggs and uh, guinea pigs. <laughs> Oh, oh, so did you eat the guinea pig? No, because that oh. took a Come long on, time. No, no yeah. more. No, guinea I have, but I have Please. to tell you something. So there was eggs or guinea pig. It 
and it takes a lot longer to make guinea pig than it does eggs. But the funny thing is, is that it was a dirt floor, an earthen floor in this house, and there were guinea pigs running all over yeah. the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no. <laughs> and they're right. going to be it's the like free, meal? Like free-range chickens. Yeah, it's kind of like you yes, have chickens. You just eat the sure. guinea pigs. Max, Beauty, I have a story. I, I have a story. So I'm so sorry. One I, more, I one more story about South America. Come on, Peru, we, we got, we got done. trail tip. We got to, we got to move the, on. The trail man. show goes on for like three or four hours. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Beauty, one more story. Okay. So when I first got to Peru, I went on uh, this trek, and I, and it was over a fifteen thousand foot pass, and I was I had been hiking by myself for three months, and I was a little concerned about the altitude, so I got a guide because I was going to do this big trek by myself. And if I went up to 15,000 feet and got, you know, se- you know right, severe altitude sickness, I wanted somebody else to be there, right? So I got a guide for this trip. And it was just this guy. I went to this town. Somebody told me to ask for this guy, and I got this guy. And uh, he was on horses, and he had mules, but I just carried my pack. He was, he was fine with it. Um, it was just me, so he was like, okay, gringo. Like, it's just you. Like, whatever. Awkward. That's like 100 soles. Sweet, dude. Thanks, which is, was $30 back yeah. in the day. Um, but I spent the night at his house because the next day he was like, oh, you could sleep here. We got a cot. We got TV. Um, so I spent the night at his house. And then the next day, you know, he and I went up over this pass. And at the top of the pass, he went back down and I went down the other side. But it was really funny because when I spent the night at his house, you know, his, they, they fed me dinner. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then Not I was bad. like watching Bruce Lee movies on the TV <laughs> and this cot and this, and the, like on the other side of the sheet by myself. You know, it was kind of like, all right, whatever. But I was watching, went to sleep. It was, you know, just kind of wanted to not be too much of, uh, not, not be too, like, impactful. Imposing. Yeah, yeah, imposing, yeah. imposing. But I remember his wife gave me an avocado. And she called it, she said something, she said, this is what it was. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And I was like, is, what, what is this thing? What, I, I don't know what it is. And I didn't re- quite reckon, I don't know, I felt a little self-conscious about being there, having the guide, being in their house. I was like, is this an avocado? I don't know. So I just like took a bite out of it. <laughs> <laughs> As you do with an avocado. No, that's not what you do with an avocado. And I was just like, well, this is weird man like i just took a bite off an avocado oh they're like oh my god like, this freaking weirdo gringo where is this guy coming from and gringos could be from anywhere they're not just from the usa right. they're from anywhere right. that's not latin america right so i could be from scandinavia i could be from the out of order land i could be from wherever right and it's <laughs> like I, I just remember taking a bite out of the uh, avocado and then i realized i was like oh this is an avocado they're looking at you like, what yeah. the hell are you Yeah, doing? and I felt like, what did I just do? But I didn't know, I couldn't, they didn't speak a ton of Spanish. I was pretty good with Spanish at the time, and, but, you know. Did anyways. you eat the skin? Did you not notice that it was an avocado? I don't know. It was dark. I mean, it was like a stone house with a dirt floor, <laughs> and like a corrugated metal roof. It, it, was, dark there, uh-huh. it was dark in there, man. It was dark in there. Okay. All right, moving so anyways, along. Yeah. We've got to go That's to break. It. The TIT, ladies and gentlemen. The INCA trail, the TIT, as it were. Some call it the Inca trail. Some call it the Siske Kunti trail. I don't Sal know. Kuntai, Santa Teresa trek. If you it? want more info, go to d-low.com. You can look at his photos from 2005. That's correct. I got them up there. They're up there. We'll post yep. a link, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, we've got trail, or I'm sorry, we've got trail tip. We've got yeah. trips from the month, and we've got a media review about a book that only one of the four of us read. Yeah, because we're going to be here for the next two or three hours. Don't so. go anywhere.
hey, this is all good, and I never listen to the trail show. All right, folks, you know what time it is. Trail tip of the month. All right, folks, we've got a special treat this month. Our trail tip was sent in by trail show listener Lancer. Lancer writes, I do not consider myself a hiker. In fact, I would much rather float my gear than carry it. I kayak camp in Minnesota. Regardless, Minnesota. Where? Minnesota. Minnesota. Home of the twins. Hey, hey, Norm. What's what's your favorite? No, I'm sorry. Wait, wait I, I'm sorry. You used to give me crap when I talk about skiing, <laughs> and now we're having a kayak discussion. I know. I mean, come on, dude. But kayaks at least the same season. Yeah, true. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. It, is Minnesota the land of a thousand lakes? Land of ten thousand lakes. Ten thousand lakes. If you had a hot dog. <laughs> okay, uh, he says. Regardless, I love the show and have listened since the beginning. Here is my trail tip of the month. Three, two, one. (laughs) The hot water bottle. (laughs) The water bottle is key here. You need to have a bottle that can withstand the extreme heat of boiling water without melting, and also it cannot leak. Step one, cut a hole in the box. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was... (laughs) Step one, heat water in a pot of any kind. Step two, dump the water into your water bottle. Step three, use any of the following ways to increase comfort while camping. (laughs) A, carry or sit with it close to your body to radiate heat and warm your body. B, on cold nights, throw it into your sleeping bag with you for hours of comfort. (laughs) C. C will sound weird. I'm laughing at his voice. C will sound weird, but it really works and could be the difference between being wet and miserable or enjoying your adventure. (laughs) C. Ring out your wet clothes, wrap them around the hot water bottle, and throw it all into the bottom of sleeping bag. Clothes will completely dry in several hours. Whether you are sitting, can we at, please stop with the voice at the fire or in the sleeping bag? You can also wear the clothes, but that's not how I roll. That that's a wonderful tip. Next time you're out, give it a try. Get on the water trail. Thanks for all you do, Lancer. This is a classic winter backpacking trip um, trick T- as well. Technique. Also, also for the uh, some might call them shoulder seasons. Some Very may. Nice. So, and some people, you know, when they do their winter backpacking <coughs> trips, might even be on skis. Uh, and I would like to add a couple of things to this trail tip. Uh, if you carry a platypus, you can put boiling water in a platypus. So that's a really what? great thing. To is that true? Yes. Every, why is everybody making this face? You've never put boiling water in a platypus? Well, I don't careful. know, P.O.D. I've never no. put boiling water in any of oh my God. models, actually. Yes. P.O.D., can I you haven't. I've done it many times. You can put boiling water in a platypus, and you don't have to be careful. Except for burning yourself, but that's the same with any bottle. I think we should run this by our legal counsel. No, I've done it. I feel I've like done it. I feel like okay. once upon a time, I had either a hot glass or a cold glass, 
and I poured cold water or hot water into it, and it broke. Yes, oh, I'm yeah, but talking how, about glass. So what, what does that is, have to do with what, the, what was the you bring glass on a backpacking trip? What, what was that combination that I had? Was it a hot glass and cold water? It was water? hot liquid in a cold glass. Cold glass. Okay. Or yeah. it was yeah. cold water in a hot, very hot glass. It works glass. both ways? Yes, it does. Okay. But what is this, like an 18th century British expedition? <laughs> yeah, great glass yeah, in what, China? What I mean, do you Jesus. do with Hilo? Hey, man, we're talking kayaks, man. So I got a case of beer. I'm kayaking, That's man. Right. I got glass. You can pour boiling water I into a platypus. And I will also add that if, you, if you're if you okay with adding drink mixes to your platypus, if you dedicate one platypus to that, sometimes it's nice. It's hard to drink cold water sometimes in the morning if it's cold out, which is what it would be if you were doing this this tip. So if it's a cold season and you have, say, a one liter platy, you pour boiling water into it at night. And then in the morning, you add a drink mix or some Gatorade or whatever, and then you can drink quite a bit more of it because it's still warm, and it will keep you hydrated for a longer time. Max? <laughs> I routinely go backpacking with ceramic cutlery. <laughs> hey, big thanks to Lancer from yes. Minnesota for that trail tip. All right, trips of the month. Who's gone somewhere? I went up Methodist Mountain last weekend. Oh, that's right. And you went solo because I was... Uh, I don't know what you were doing. But, I was um, incapacitated, apparently. <laughs> I don't remember. The, all those gummy bears, man. You were sleeping. Uh, exactly. I was incapacitated. <laughs> I went up Ma- Methodist Mountain, which is a mountain right in our backyard in Salida. I look at it every day from my classroom window, and so I've, I've been really wanting to go so there. is that at the like, northernmost edge yes. of the Sangre de Cristo? It's the northernmost yeah. peak okay. of the Sangre de Cristo. Oh, Neat. that's cool. And there's some radio towers on top, and I took Sweet. a really lovely picture that doesn't show the radio tower, so it looked really nice. Is that with, say, Liz Thomas's book? Yes. Wow. Yes. I saw that. A very lovely. It was a great photo. It was fun. So, but, but you're saying the photo was staged. Oh, yes, of course. Like all photos on Instagram. How dare you? Um, it was a good little trek. There was a lot of snow at, up at the top, and I brought some snowshoes, and then... Did you use them? I did for a little bit, and then there was a section where it was really steep, sideways steep, you know, and I just, I couldn't take it anymore, and I had a little angry fit and threw my snowshoes down and left them there, and then I just <laughs> post hold the rest of the way. <laughs> you walked I, away from your snowshoes. <laughs> I got them on the way back, but I definitely, I don't like snowshoes, so yeah. anyway... You know, D-Lo great. had a name for snowshoes. Snowshoes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that they definitely have their place. They do. But oh, it, it, I was so frustrated. I was just like, because I was trying to walk on like a side hill on mm-hmm. snow. And you got these big things like. Oh, flop, so flop, annoying. Flop. And the snow's kind of sloppy, messy this time of the year. Yeah, I was like, I don't care. Whatever. And then it was kind of fun on the way down because the snow on like the upper section of the the very top of the peak was about knee deep or so and there were some drifts and so I was coming down I kept falling you know like you one leg would isn't that a trail name I don't know one you like one leg you know go in and then you totally tip forward it was kind of funny not very graceful looking I know it was fun but it sounds like a great trip and you get to relax and yeah what more could do you some want? trespassing <laughs> without well, knowing well, kind of oh there it doesn't count then yeah Right, who else? Who else has gone somewhere? Vilo? You oh. haven't gone anywhere. You have no, actually, well, as you guys know, I've been down at the border um, working oh, yeah. on the, yes. working we on the wall. I ask you about that. Yeah, so I've been digging post holes along the uh, Mexican border for nice. the past three months, uh, basically because no funding has come through from Congress for the border wall. So I just took it upon myself to 
start digging holes. Well, I oh, thought it's Mexico like, was going to pay for it. It's like wall. giving back with trail work. You're doing yeah. border wall yeah, work. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make you America who, safe again. You know who yeah. they could get for really cheap? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be ironic? Uh, don't you think? A little too so, ironic. So I'm not going to uh, Yeah, there, so basically, yeah. Fr- I was down in the Mexican border. I was digging post holes. I, you know, I had dug probably about like five miles of post holes over about two months. Uh, I felt like I was doing a good job. <clears throat> uh, and anyways, I met my family um, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we went on a family uh, camping trip for spring break, which was at the end of March, which was actually quite fantastic. New Mexico. That's right. We went to wow. Bandelier. That's one of Mags's. Yeah, one of the nicest, like, you yeah. know, I see him just, like, tapping his heart there. It's, like, yeah. close to home. He oh. must have moved to Los Alamos, last wow. I heard. Um, but, yeah, we went to, uh, we went to well, Bandelier, which was fantastic. And then we went to Los Alamos when the rains came the first time. And then we, uh, from Los Alamos, we spent the night in Santa Fe, which is a beautiful little city. Never been. Yeah, it's a great little city. What? Never been. Never been to Taos either. Really awesome churches that you can pop into for a couple bucks and really see some beautiful architecture and history. Pay? It's a couple bucks, oh yeah, because it's not, it's not Europe. It's not Europe. Job bless. Yeah. Job bless the Europeans because you don't have to pay to go into their cathedrals. But you do in the USA because, you know, we're all individual capitalists and stuff like that. So you pay a couple bucks, you see a beautiful staircase that Jesus himself built. <laughs> Hallelujah! It, <it's> <laughs> Actually, there's a beautiful, there's a great story about the staircase. A carpenter came to the church, offered to build this staircase for room and board. Built this amazing staircase that modern day engineers cannot explain how it stands. <gasps> and what was Jesus? A carpenter. Yeah. Oh, and brown. All right. All right. And brown. Santa Fe has. He was a, brown, just FYI. Santa Fe is a very special place for reasons such as this. Anyways, they also have great food. Uh, the Whole Foods has like 12 beers on tap. It's fantastic. Wait, wait, wait. You were in New Mexico. You went to a Whole Foods? Yeah, I had to resupply. I had to resupply for the next stretch you of our camping trip. You can't get kale trip. chips just Whole anywhere. Foods, Whole Foods was three block, a three block walk from our hotel. I'm sure so, it yeah, was. I went to, I went Wait a minute, I thought oh. you were camping. Wait, well, no, we, all right, all right. so we camped, we camped hey. two nights, we camped two nights uh-huh. at Bandelier. Okay, here's the deal. This, this is starting to sound Wait a minute, stop This is, this is exactly what there's I would expect. Wait, there's a lot of camping. Wait, this is exactly what I would expect for someone who works for the current administration. <laughs> Backtracking on the story, changing the story. Hey, hey, all right, here's the deal. Angry, aggressive tweets. Here's the deal. Night one, we spent at a hotel in um, Wallensburg, right? Wallensburg. Thank you very much. Thank you. And it was pretty cool because Wallensburg, the interstate oh just God. opened up south of Wall- Wallensburg the, that, is that afternoon because there was like a ton of snow. The entire town of Wallensburg had no electricity. Oh, Walsenburg, right? Walsenburg. Yeah. From by the way, it says be brief by trips, but anyway. Walsenburg, night one. Two nights in Bandelier. One night in Santa Fe. Two nights at Tent Rocks or Cochiti Lake at the Indian Reservation where there's no alcohol out at the campground. And they're very Tell us more. Place. Tell us about your bathroom schedule while you're on vacation. Tent Rocks, fantastic hike. Can we move man. on to Mags? Tent Rocks, Slot Canyon hike with 40 pounds of human on my back. Fantastic. Loved it. Highly recommended it. Drove home in driving rain. Awesome. Basically, the gist of my spring break was that we were camping when the weather was nice. 
and in hotels or driving. And going to freaking Whole Foods in New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, it was three doing? blocks. Come it was three on. blocks. It's some of the, the best food. food in the continent. What am I going to get in my car? No, I, to resupply for the camping trip. Yeah. I didn't go to Whole Foods to eat food. You're talking about 12 jobs. Right, it's Max's Max. turn. It's Max's right, turn. That's moving it, on. Done. Max, please. I'm not going to give a trip report. I'll just give it brief where I went. I will just say this time of the year, if you want a backpack, go to the Grand Junction area in Colorado. It's only four hours from the Front Range. Some of those beautiful canyons you'll see. It looks very Utah-esque. It's part of the same geological formation, the Colorado Plateau. They have canyons. People do Because everyone goes to Moab. Right. Which is seven or eight hours away. Yep. You go to the Grand Junction area. There's just these beautiful canyons. I went to them twice in the past month. Two different canyons? Yeah, I went to Dominguez Canyon and went to the Knowles Me canyons as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing about the Knowles Me. I went to Pollock Bench to get there. So a bunch of different trips in that area. And red rocks and petroglyphs and flowing creeks. And Rattlesnake Arches has the most um, concentration of arches anywhere except for Arches National Park, supposedly, in this area. Get out of here. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. It's in the Black Ridge Canyon Wilderness. Anyway, yeah. shut the front door. Just lot, <laughs> just lots of great trips. One of my favorite March, April, early May places in this area. What the FKT? What, they, you laugh. There's actually an FKT for the Knowles Me Loop. But you know what? Uh, I'll give a quick vignette. Please. The first time I did Knowles Canyon was in November, of, <gasps> uh, <gasps> of which is another great time to go there, by the way. Fall. Um, <sighs> and the aspens were nice. <sighs> the cottonwoods, rather. And I'm, I did a, a quick <gasps> truck bivy. <gasps> and I woke up in the morning, and a ranger pulls up. And he said, oh, what are you doing? <sighs> I plan on doing the Knowles Me Canyon trip. Hey, 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 hey. It, it's on BLM land, right? Yeah. Which you actually breathing. saw a BLM ranger out on the range? Like, yes. I'm shocked. I've never and seen And there was some snow a week before, so there's a semi-technical area to get into one of the canyons. Okay. It wasn't short. It was less daylight. So I plan on doing this very classic loop. And so, well, that's kind of an ambitious schedule. And he looked at me. He says, you know, I could spend six months in Knowles Canyon by itself. And he just looked very wistful. Really? And within, I don't know, half an hour to an hour of me hiking this camp, I could see why he cautioned me because it was very slippery and muddy. He said, you know, I'm solo. I'm not going to do this semi-technical scrambling by myself. I did an out and back in Knowles Canyon, and it was one of the most beautiful canyons I've ever seen. Where is Knowles Man, Canyon? You, now, you understand, Mags, by, by saying this on the trail show, there could possibly be like 3,000 people there next weekend. But... You know, it's called the Trail Show Bump, and, and now it's got the Max's Bump, so it's yeah. like crack yeah, and cocaine yeah. oh, mixed man, together. Except it's like free bases. It's two things. One, <laughs> I'm just mentioning here. Yeah, but on my website, I don't name the canyons. I don't give directions. Okay, what about a GPS track? I I, I made a, my own app. I call it Mags app. <laughs> 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 or just map. Well, Dilo, Dilo was talking about your new podcast called Ask Mags. <laughs> In fact, if you, if you follow my app, it's a short, angry, bald guy who raised your hand if you can't too much. Hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> Get out of here. Hey, go home. You don't want You know, I would pay. I would pay at least $5 for an app that gave me, like, Ten mags, one liners that I could have as ringtones, <laughs> and also every ten feet it gives you like a short history lesson about <laughs> something in the area. Max, oh. in all seriousness, where is where is Knowles Me Canyon? A uh, Grand Junction area, not too far from Glade. It's a small little vill- You go through um, Colorado National Monument. Mm-hmm. So head quick, south, south through Colorado yes. National Monument. Quick okay. story. 
Um, where am Doubtful. I? Doubtful. <laughs> 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 so, we're at my grandmother's funeral. Oh, Santa. wow. Okay. Boy, it's a historic area. <laughs> we're in the car with my two brothers. Look how much she's <laughs> laughing about his grandma's funeral. This no. is terrible. <laughs> no, my grandmother liked it because she loved all the great. Oh, okay. She loved when all of us were together. But we're in the car waiting to pull out for you know, the procession. I think Max is crying. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a store, Gary. I say, oh, this. I can't understand what you're saying. Uh, Max, <laughs> Dilo, can you interpret? <laughs> no, I cannot. Story? Okay. <laughs> no, you'll appreciate this. And I'll say, oh, this is a historic area going back 200 years. And my youngest brother looks at me and says, Jesus Christ, you can tell us about the tree, too. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently. Um, my is brothers make fun of my love of history as well. Okay, so it's not just us. <laughs> Everyone in my life. But yeah, so the historic area. I haven't been back in Rhode Island in almost two years. It's been a while, and I was very excited to be back in this historic area. I'm giving a little history lesson with my cousin in the car and my two brothers. During the funeral procession. No, we're, we're waiting. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to um, I'm gonna keep mine really brief. So I spent six hours today hiking around Laurie State Park right outside of Fort Collins. And it was quite nice. It was uh, a lovely day in the mid-70s. And uh, I saw a fox this morning. <gasps> yeah. And uh, that's about it. It was just a nice day in the woods. Where's the fox at? The fox was right beside the visitor center. <gasps> Shut the fox up. <laughs> no, it's true. What did the fox say? <laughs> what the fox? I think that is what the fox said. What does the fox say? All right, folks, it's time for iTunes Top 5, D-Lo. Ooh, it's his favorite. Except I'm not really into doing that today. Why don't we do... Let's make up up the top five. How about some donations? No, I want to hear about this book you read, Max. Oh, we're going into the media musings? Uh, We we could. Or we could do mailbag first. Let's do mailbag first. Okay, very good. I actually do have some music for that. Beauty, we've got a fat... Bag of mail this month. Okay, we need some. Where do we begin? Where do we begin? To keep going here, some cacao. See, I think I'm going to start. Here's what I would suggest: start at the beginning and finish at the end. I don't like doing that. Okay. Shira from WeAreHikerTrash.com, former sponsor on many occasions. Big up, Shira. Writes in, dear Trail Show. As you know, I've been a proud hiker trash for over 15 years now and my love of dirt, graphic design and supporting trails led me to start the company Hiker Trash with fellow dirtbag Brian Frankel three years ago. We we are excited to let you know we have passed the torch or maybe more appropriately the dirty sock to fellow through hiker Boomer. 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 Disco and I finished the PCT with this guy Boomer. Boomer has spent enough time on trails that we think he'll be able to appropriately appropriately represent the brand and embarrass himself at any all-you-can-eat buffet around. This wasn't meant to be a free ad on the trail show, but it sure is turning out to be one. If you still decide to read this on the Trail Show Nation, it's worth noting that Hiker Trash has a fundraiser going to help fund Hiker Heaven on the PCT. That's awesome. As thousands of hikers descend on Aguadulce this year, Folks can give back by buying a softly electric t-shirt or hoodie with 100% of the proceeds going to Donna and Jeff. That's a good percentage. (laughs) I I don't think I'll find myself on any hikes longer than a week or two this year. But the trail show continues to inspire me to try new beers and gear tips like using rocks and breathing air. (laughs) Thanks for the laughs, She-Ra. 
I love it. Boomers taking over. We are hiker Yeah, he's he's good people, man. He's funny. He's that a guy tremendous is guy. He's solid. He's big. He's good. He's going to take the company to places it's never been. Okay, can I read Skin So Soft? Sure, slide? read it. He now I gotta say this. Skin So Soft sent me this letter a couple months ago, and it it kind of got lost. It, it was at the bottom of the mailbag. And we just unearthed it. Yeah, we we just discovered so full of lint and dust. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, yeah. some some. That's bad. the laundry bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Skinso Soft writes in. He says, "Forgive me, fellas, for I have sinned." Must be Catholic. It's been several months since I listened to the show, so I'm just catching up. I'm just now listening to episode 52, "The Bear," and have bear. to add a warning about maltodextrin. The bear. Some people, ha- some people may have an unpleasant and severe reaction to maltodextrin. Huh. For one person who shall remain nameless since I enjoy being married, maltodextrin produces an internal chemical reaction, gas. Uh, I recall one trip to a bed and breakfast that turned into an <laughs> environmental disaster. Areas quarantined, people running for air, just a warning. Huh. One more thing. I believe that here in Pennsylvania, we have a group that <laughs> have the Europeans beat. Now, that's a terrible thing to, to typecast Europeans in this way, but we'll indulge him. So he says, when hiking, you can sometimes see some friendly Mennonites on the trail, Delo, Like Pepper. Not yeah. full-on Amish. No, no, like no. Pepper. It's a big difference. These folks will be hiking in jeans and work boots, Mags, with at least a 100-liter external frame pack. And you saw the photo of me in jeans and work boots, a young Max. (laughs) But it's not just the pack that beats out the Europeans. Strapped to these packs will be loads of firewood. Yes, loads. Plural, loads of firewood. Here in PA, we have a a burn it where you get it rule. And I'm not sure how this fits in, but I must admit, my 55-liter pack felt a lot lighter after seeing them. Wow, that's crazy. That's it for now. I'm going to go try to catch up. Mark Skin So Soft Kenyon. Wow. Apparently, the Mennonites <clears throat> put the Europeans to shame. They sound pretty well, badass. You know they who do. else? Let me bring this just back to the uh, the <clears throat> INCA. You want to bring it back? Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't. That's right. <laughs> when uh, when I hiked the Inca Trail, yeah. What about? There it? were most everybody except for us had a guide, <laughs> and <laughs> we just lost Dilo. The guides. Would be carrying five backpacks on their backs, you wanna, like mules. Wow. You want to bring it back? Kind of. That's not really what I was looking for. But okay. Uh, so the guys would look, carry like five backpacks. They have one sp- person. Yes, and those backpacks are huge because they're maybe three because you know they're people that don't backpack ever, so they've got several pairs of clothes and all kinds of stuff. Blue jeans, chairs, whatever. So these guys will carry three, we'll say three backpacks, but huge ones, like 60 pounds. And they're wearing flip-flops. And they're just cruising up and down those trails. It's crazy. Yes. Flip-flops. Did you hear that, Tom Beaver? Can I read the next mailbag item? From yes, Lily? Lily. Uh, yes. She-Ra from Where Hiker Trash. We already read that one. Oh, we already wrote that. What? Huh? We already read that. Where was I? Go to the next Not one. Not paying attention, yeah, as usual. On, oh. Lily? Yes. Lily from the emails. Lily from the emails writes, Dearest The Trail Show, After listening to every episode on iTunes, it's about time I write in and tell you how much I love The Trail Show. 
and kick you some moolah. A long-standing injury prevents me from hiking any real long distances, but your podcast allows me to live vicariously through mags and each one of you and all of your guests. <laughs> Feeling tied into that world is extra awesome because my partner Arno better known to POD and Disco as Cliff Clavin. What up, Cliff? Is an avid through-hiker, and your show gives me such a depth of understanding that part of his life. I wish that I could join him on his hikes, but your show makes me feel almost as though I'm out there too. On that topic, I wanted to make a request for a dedication. By the time the show airs, Arno will be deep in the northern New Mexico loop, and I will be on an oceanographic research ship miles and miles from land. Dear Casey. (laughs) (laughs) Communication. We've got a little dog named Snuggles. (laughs) I'm sorry. Please. Please continue. This... I didn't. I don't think I can. (laughs) Dear Casey. (laughs) Communication will be tough since I have zero cell reception and he'll have just enough to download his favorite podcast during his town stops. The Casey Gason Top 40. (laughs) So Arno, I hope you're hearing this out in your happy place, surrounded by some mind-bendingly sublime wilderness, having the time of your life. And I also hope that D-Lo reads this tonight because I feel that his voice is the most soothing one on the trail show. (laughs) What? what? Did that really say that? Yeah, it did. You're Um, not even on the trail show as much. (laughs) As much. (laughs) If we weren't separated by several countries and an ocean and seven time zones and a couple of mules, I would be meeting with you on some dirt road with beer and little chocolate donuts. But instead, I'm hoping that your old friends at The Trail Show can help me send you some virtual trail magic. I love you so much. <laughs> I get overclamped. I, know, just... I can't stop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Max. Disco. P.S. Disco never stop with the sound effects. F. The haters. Wow, <laughs> XL Lily. We got to give a shout out to Lily. Oh my God, it was so heartfelt. <laughs> Lily, your donation was <laughs> extremely generous. Yes, it was. And <laughs> we hope Arno is doing okay. Wait, wait, wait. You realize, D-Lo, he laughed and he cried. Oh my God. I'm Better. so happy inside. I can't. Oh my god! So, Cliff, <laughs> <laughs> we hiked with Cliff Flavin on the PCT, and he's truly a unique person. Like one of the cooler hikers I think I've met. I, can, I feel like I can say that he's With, pretty cool. Without a doubt, we yeah we hiked a, a good bit in SoCal and actually all the way into Oregon. Yes, we had a great time with him, and he, that man knows more about coffee than any person on the planet. I'll Damn tell you that right now. Right. We met Lily at the gathering this past year. They're, they just got engaged. They're getting married this fall. Congratulations! And she is a perfect match for him. She's quirky and just so. She just has such a cool vibe when you meet her. It's, it was really cool to see them together and see Cliff Clavin. Very happy. So congrats to both of you guys. Gosh, that was really Dealer, are you okay? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. You're a little I, emotional. I think that they're going to name their first child d actually. I, I would not have offered to read that if I knew it was going to be so heart-wrenching, man. It was wow. an emotional moment for you, Dealer. And yeah. can I add something else about Lily? Please. Can I? Yeah, Please. You can. Lily has a really cool job, and I'm... Lily, I'm sorry, I'm not going to explain it completely correctly, but she is an artist, and she does really amazing, cool art 
things. But one of the things that she does is she travels with like conservation groups and research projects. That's and why she does, she's on a boat. Yes. And she does. Art. I'm on a boat. She, she does like. I'm going back. Uh, drawings of, you know, things that they find. And like she's their documentarian in that way. Oh. But she does it artistically. It's kind of. I saw a little blip about her. It's really cool. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Gosh. It's a very unique job. That's a very old tradition. I'm hoping maybe we can have her on the show at some point. That'd talk be cool. about what she does. That That's fantastic. I think we're out of mailbag. Yes, we are. But we do have some donors that we need to acknowledge. Well, we wait, do. Do we Max. Donators. Oh, apparently we're not allowed to say that anymore. No? We've been corrected by someone who knows something about grammar. But that it's not the point. It, it's not about the correct way. It's about the correct way for us. It's about our way. POD, read the donators. Please. Yeah! Our, mon- yeah! our monthly donor. <laughs> Bernard Wolf. Hey! Wolfie! Gumi. Gumi. Russ, that. not fuss, kinder. Kinder. Craig Gully. What a guy. <laughs> Chris Smith. Gringo Madness. Gringo. Gringo. Bobby Walters. Uh-uh. The. The. the Bobby Walters. Joshua, bow down to Ja Bowden. Ja. I and I. Diane Pinkers. Selassie. Pinkerstein. <laughs> David Vetti. Hey. Oh, pause as big as your head. Hey, Maggie. Justin, <laughs> quality Knowles. Quality. Jason Lurch, not church dean. Not church. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. <laughs> Samuel Emery. Board. The board. Uh, Rudy from North Cascade High. That Podcast. should be that, that guy's comes. trail name, right? The board. <laughs> Samuel Emery. His trail name should be the board, right? Or just. Yeah. Samuel, uh, if you need a trail name, you just or got one. He could be the Manny Petty. He could be the Manny Petty. He could be the board. Samuel the board. Emery, it sounds like an <laughs> old school mobster. <laughs> <laughs> they call no, him the board. It's Samuel Emery board, because Emery board is the name for a nail uh, file. I understand. Oh, okay. They just call the him board. the board, man. <laughs> the board. <laughs> Samuel, hey. you have just been christened with the trail name if you didn't have one before tonight. He was tonight. a craps table in yeah. the back alley. I know. This is amazing. Uh, Jeffrey Caldwell. Jeff. Sessions. <laughs> Jeff, not Sessions Caldwell is his name. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Sessoms, not conf- hey. confused with Buddy Sessions. Buddy. No relation. Not to be confused with Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, no. right? Yeah. Right. No. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Woo! Get on the trail! Yes. There it was. No, no, the- no. He wanted to embrace the brutality. Oh, Pat, are you listening right now? Pat, I'm talking to you. Embrace the brutality. <laughs> That's it. That's what yeah, he wanted. There it is. Okay, and we have our one-offs. We have Jacob, not makeup, Zeke. <laughs> not makeup. <laughs> I like it. And Lily. Lily. Lily, who made a huge, I think, air horn deserving. Uh, Was that Lily's letter that just got me yes. so verklempt? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh my God, Lily's was so amazing. I can't even. Oh. Our other beer sponsor, Dilo, would you oh, like to speak to this? I can't right now. <laughs> well, you'll be too drunk later to talk about it. I us. can't get drunk right now. I have to go hiking really early in the morning. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. It's funny. We all have things to do real early in the morning. <laughs> I know. I don't. But I, can't s- but I can't sleep in. Max, what time are you going climbing tomorrow? I'm leaving at 7.30. What on earth? Where are you going climbing at 7.30 in the morning? Multi-pitch 5-3 area. Pretty wow. easy. Okay. Where D-Lo. is it? What? 
we need to do a shout out to our other beer sponsor from months ago. Oh yeah, Shameless, who came by my house when I wasn't around and knocked on the door. And my wife, Wendy, was there with all the children that she watches during the day because she has an at-home childcare. And she said, yes, can I help you, young man? And Shameless said, is D'Lo here? (laughs) And she said, no, he's not. And he said, can I give you this beer? And she said, I think he would like that. (laughs) (laughs) And Shameless gave her the beer. And I did like that. And I was gracious enough to give some to my compadres here at the trail show. Yes. In fact, I, I went down to the Rockies Ruck that weekend, and I had beer that I did not drink because it was difficult to not do that. And I gave them <laughs> to P.O.D. who was there, and Disco was not there because he was, uh, I think he was like on an archaeological dig, yes. yep. as I recall. Digging yep. Choi out of his ankle. Yeah. And uh, Special 43 was there, and we... Got him some beer as well, and it was fantastic. So I would just like to say thank you, Shameless, for coming through. And um, we're not really sorry that we gave you a hard time the first time. No, because look what happened. You brought yeah. us more beer. Yeah. But I will say it was a it was a good selection of beer. It was quite mm-hmm. a bit of beer. Um, and we could tell it wasn't it, just the stuff rolling around at the bottom of the cooler. It was bitter beer? What? Quite a bit it, it of beer. It was quite a bit of beer. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I misheard. And I, I just have to say that Wendy... My wife was just kind of shocked that <laughs> somebody came to our house in the middle of the day with beer to give me. She, she just felt that was Well, this has happened crazy. a couple times. Yeah, it's happened a couple well, times. Well, what fact, about the time we got that random stuff from Yeah, uh, the, the yeah, post signs or whatever. Like, no trespassing signs. Was it Swami who did that? Yes. No. Yeah. No, it was... We don't know. Teresa, Swami. We don't know. It was... Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was Swami because... I think Swami knew my neighbor at the time, and she lived like on the next street over, and he had, oh. and so he like he he knew her from he met her in Kathmandu like a decade ago type what? of thing. Yeah, Swami. Yeah, Swami yeah. was in Kathmandu. He met my neighbor. She's a. I brought him over there. Okay. You brought him to the house that yeah. was like on the next court over. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yes, and uh, mm. so I feel like Swami was like, yeah, Dila lives right there. Let's bring him these posted uh, signs, and that's where the posted signs in the Washington State. Um, these are all accusations. The Washington State uh, cider came from, and everything. So that's okay. that's just my guess, and I suspect uh, Teresa was driving him around like she always does because she likes Swami. She gives him rides. It's all coming together. Yeah. That's Max, did you read a book this month? I read j- just one this year. Okay, kidding. just one. Just kidding. So this is a media review, a right? Very last. Do we have uh, Do we have some sound effects to go we, into the media review? We got nothing for media review. Uh, okay, so yeah, sorry. Just be serious then. So the the book title and Peyote's gonna love this on the trail: A History of American Hiking. On the trail, I I'm love a, that title. I'm gonna on take the, a break, guys. On the trail again by Silas Chamberlain. But to make this uh, more relatable to our listeners, you know who recommended this book to me? Just can't wait to get on the trail again. Who? Gut Hook. What? what, dude? No way! You know Gut Hook? Oh my God! Former Trail Show sponsor, show? Gut Hook recommended this book to me. Really? Okay. That's pretty sweet. I see you got it from the library. Uh, I, it's my favorite piece of gear. Nice, dude. Library card. It is yeah, a wonderful yeah, gift. Boy. You, you can get all yeah, kinds boy. of wonderful books and trail guides for free. Yeah. Enter library loans. You should all get a library card. Oh, library man. card. Trail tip of the year. Yes, get a library card. Anyway, so I realized I'm the only one who's read it, so I'll just go through the highlights and may make a discussion. 
Okay, go. So it's about the history of American hiking. And he looks through the filter of trail organizations like the Appalachian Mountain Club, the Sierra Club, of course. And his thing is about the consumer versus the creator. Okay. What the is it? What the is hiking it? clubs were creators of these trails, if you will. I will. So, but now it's more about the consumer. So less people are involved with the hiking clubs. This is the author's opinion, not necessarily mine. And the other thing he mentions, there's always been booms right after major wars. Booms of hiking. American Civil War, a lot of surplus military gear, and people are used to living and certain and hiking. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was the third thing. So after the American Civil War, there was a lot like um, Horace Kephart wrote some of his books after the American Civil War, for example. After World War I, the rise of the automobile, of course, but also surplus gear. World War II, huge boom in hiking with the interstate system, too. Huge. Huge. Huge boom. And the other thing he noticed, I guess his third pillar, was that for the longest time, hiking has been the realm of affluent professionals, even going back to the 1870s and 1880s. Wow. Mm. So that's the prism he wrote the book through. And his assertion now, of course, is people are less involved. Again, this is the author's opinion, not mine. People are less involved with the greater hiking community. We're more consumers of the outdoors as opposed to creators. We're less involved in a community. People more solo, more into their own thing. Um, and not giving back is what Not giving back. Buck 30. Whoa. Talking to you. And th- that there's less of a community. Again. And it, I, I emphasize again, this is not... P Mag's opinion. But this what is, is your up. opinion? So, how what do you s- think? Well, that's why do you I w- think it's true. Well, I wanted to bring it up as a discussion. Now, I okay. gave the author's points. Do you think hiking is mainly the realm of upper middle class? Do you do you think there's less community yeah. involvement now? Do you think we're less consumer, more consumers versus creators? Well, I was texting with uh, Clay Cub, yeah. our friend Woodward, tonight during the show. Don't tell Disco, but um. He was mentioning how, uh, you know, it's great that we're doing a conservation thing. And he said, just think if in order to get a PCT permit, you had to do one week of trail work anywhere. Just think how that would change things. Wow. That's an interesting idea. I I don't so much disagree with the author. I would say there's always been more consumers and creators. Any organization, be it volunteer, work, there's always people more engaged in an organization who do the heavy lifting. I don't think it's really changed that much. There's always going to be people more into it who feel more of a sense of, mm. I need to do something to give back. Less selfish people than, say, I don't know. Beauty, don't do it. Please. I'm just saying there's some people that maybe just consume, 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 and maybe don't ever give back. Well, yeah. I want to I throw in, uh, <laughs> I want to th- take this on a left turn really quick. Please and do. I just want to say that's, now, what's, um, that's what's beautiful about money. Because you can be like, oh, I, uh, dude, I'm not going to go out there and do like a week of trail work or even like a weekend of trail work. But you know what you can do? You can give some money. Yeah, that's true. And that's pretty easy. And while it's not a cure-all, if you give the Idaho Trails Association some money, that will enable them to feed the people that actually do show up there and sponsor some other things and get the word out. So if you are not so inclined to actually get out there and get your hands dirty or come to my house and help me dig out my next patio, (laughs) then you can give the Idaho Trails Association or your local trails club some money. But what's really interesting, though, the people who did the trail work, produced the trails, uh, made a lot of our traditions going back to the 1880s about the organizations, were essentially very well-heeled bankers, mm-hmm. lawyers, 
Um, that was the other thing. Why it came about the 1870s, 1880s, there was a growth of upper-middle-class professionals. It really wasn't before the American Civil War. So there's always been the affluent people. There probably really wasn't that focus on the leisure the, the leisure aspect of Absolute. society prior to the Civil War. That's in all exactly honesty, what he said. You know? and because, and it, oh, the other thing he brought up I was found very interesting. It shows how things really haven't changed. There was this just dichotomy where people in the urban and later suburban areas kind of romanticized the wilderness. They'd yeah. go out and recreate. It was just getting back to nature versus the more rural people who had a more pragmatic view of it. Well, yes. it's just there. We live in it. So you talk about the Sagebrush Rebellion a couple of years ago, which is still going on. It's amazing how these trends have not changed in 140 years, roughly. I find that very interesting. Max, there's a, there's a very famous quote out there, and it goes a little something like this. It says, those who do not recall history are doomed to repeat it. I've never heard that, Dilo. Wow, that's deep, dude. We should smoke a bong or something. That's scary <laughs> for me. Um, and the, the other thing I don't <laughs> sorry necessarily <laughs> with is sorry. that the lack of involvement with the community. I think he, the author, has ignored the fact that communities have evolved. It's no longer just like here we are in the CMC Center. I think it's gone beyond that. Think of how many of us are connected through social media. We don't see All Good as much. We don't see Shear as much. Right. I don't see Gut Hook as much. Yet, here's this gentleman I met once in person. We're conversing. He recommended this book to me. Right. And a lot of us are heavily involved in the greater community. We're just doing it through non-traditional methods. And I think the author, who's our age, no less, uh, it was his dissertation. He's, he had worked on, a, I want to say, an ADK trail crew in 2003. So he's roughly our age, maybe slightly older. Mm-hmm. I think he's ignored the fact that a- the trail... ADK, not AMC? Correct. Ooh, New I Yorker. Want, yes. New Yorker. Very much an East Coast boy. Um, I may, I'm pretty sure that's where he was. Um, I'll have to look it up. But it was an East Coast, Northeast yeah. trail crew in the 2003. I think he's ignored the fact that trail communities have evolved and gone to a different area. So there's still a very strong trail community, outdoor community. It's not necessarily a traditional model. Sure. I, I agree with that 100%. Anyways, that, that's my take of the book. I wouldn't say it's an essential book for your library, your own personal library, but right. And to be honest, it was based. Who owns books? What's a book, Max? I well, we all own books. It just might be a different format. No, we're, mm-hmm. we're e-books. Just, you don't own e-books. Come on, there's there's got to be one book in your yes, house. I'm just kidding. There's one no. book in your house. I know that, there's at least one good. book in your house. But I will say it's worth reading. It's <laughs> it's based on his academic PhD dissertation, so it's a little dry in places. <sighs> It's on the more academic side than the engaging side, but it's worth reading. Hmm. Uh, it just provokes a good discussion. I I wouldn't say, quite frankly, buy it, but it's worth taking it out from your local library. And it's right on the on. trail. Who's the author? It's um, Silas Chamberlain. Silas Chamberlain. All it's right. well worth reading and provokes a good discussion, in my opinion. Cool. We got an update from Special 41. He's oh. on his LNT sabbatical. The audio quality might be a little suspect, so we're going to play it and see how it goes. All right, we got Special and Zool from the road. Hey, everybody, how's it going? <laughs> Special and Zool. Uh, and we are actually on the road to Zion National Park. Um, and this is going to be our first gig as the Subaru Leave No Trace traveling trainer. So, Woo! pretty stoked. Super excited. We are currently driving by the LaSalle's uh, westward from Colorado into the Utah. The land of the Ute. 
Uh, it's pretty rad. We've got great weather today. Um, so we're pretty pretty happy about that. We've got a, a couple of hours. We're probably going to make camp uh, near Salina, I think, is where we decided. Yep. Um, and then tomorrow, up and at early and on the way to Zion. Uh, we're actually going to be uh, working the Ragnar Trail Relay race up there, which should be cool. Um, and then we're going to just have a few days hanging out with some of our other traveling trainer teams uh, before we hit the road all on our own. Traveling trainer butterflies. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're emerging from the cocoon. We've gone from little <laughs> hungry caterpillars, hungry for that leave no trace knowledge, and now we're uh, now we're going to be butterflies out there spreading it around. So, uh, you know, while we're at it, we're also going to be, um, you know, investigating some of these breweries in uh, in the areas that we're at. Indeedly doodly. And so we're, we're definitely looking forward to uh, bringing the trail show listeners uh, a little a little dose from the road of the beer life. For sure. Um, yeah, oh, 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 that's our fancy car. I don't know if you heard that thing beeping, but it's trying to keep us from going off the road. It's pretty fancy. It almost drives itself. Pretty cool. What else is new? I, I'd like to say there's more that's new, but we've honestly, for the last few weeks, just been doing... We've been neck deep in training. Yeah. Really is like what it is. <laughs> two and a half weeks of training. So, um, yeah, we're pretty happy to just actually be on the road. For uh, sure. It was pretty cool. During the training, they had us all put up in this Airbnb uh, in Boulder. And so it was kind of like uh, real world, leave no trace style, because we were all in this, in this house and like strangers or whatever and then we bonded and all that stuff just like we were real 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 world <laughs> it's gonna um, get there eventually uh except you know like we didn't do anything crazy yeah there was very little no drama, drama yeah so i guess it would have been sort of boring from a from a reality tv standpoint but yep. uh, yeah it's pretty great pretty great um you know, I don't know that we've got anything real interesting to say besides that, so we're going to go ahead and turn it back over to uh, to your regular scheduled programming. Uh, but we do look forward to uh, updating everybody on our adventures um, around this time next month. We should have way more stories. So many more stories. Should we give them a preview of things to come? Sure. Yes, yeah, so we're going to go to North Dakota. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be going to the Great American Canoe Festival. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping to get fun. a quick overnight in the Boundary Waters. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. We're also going to be hitting some caves on the way up to our first event. So look forward to that, definitely. Um, and then what's the national park you wanted to go to? You want uh, to about Theodore Roosevelt National Park. I just hear there are a lot of bison up there. Uh, and I don't know that I've never that I've ever seen a Megafana. bison in the wild. So that should be pretty sweet. Yeah. I promise not to stick it in my car, though. There's no real room in the Subaru to stick the bison back here, so I think the bison are safe. Yeah, not even looking for the bison in the Subaru. Maybe if we find some other distressed wildlife that's smaller, like a bird or something, maybe they can put it in our car. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. but we're not going to do that. I don't we're like not. That's a good idea. No. You know, based on some of the other stories we've done over the last several months. Put the bison uh, in your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friend, that leave no trace knowledge to you. Leave that wild, respect that wildlife. Yeah. Leave that wildlife where yeah. you found it. 
Please, people, don't, don't stick it in the back of your car. Cars. No. What if it's really hurt? What if it's cute? Okay. It's going to be right. so, so sappy. So sappy with it. Excellent. Well, all right, everybody, you take care. Uh, keep it real. Try to get out there on a trail. Get on the trail. Yeah. And uh, we'll check in later. We, we, we got to get them a microphone. Yeah, we apologize, for, number one, for the poor auto quality. And number two for Delo's really loud, incessant nose breathing through the entire thing. So uh, a quick thing about the baby bison. Yeah, I know we're joking about it, but remember a year or two ago? Yeah, that's oh, why they're yeah. referencing it. Yeah, that's yeah. why they brought oh, it up. Okay. Yeah, like, they brought it up because of that. Well, you right. think they want to put baby bison in their car, Maggie? Come on! Come on. Hey, oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, what kind of an accusation is that? Not, not them. I'm just saying. Oh, you think they want to put a baby bison in their car? What is Stunata? They're not into <laughs> megafauna. <laughs> N- nice callback, and I'll go Stunad, <laughs> by the way. Well, Mike, everybody everybody says it differently wherever they're from. They say Stunad, where I'm from. You say Stunad. Yeah. When we come but- back for break, we got <laughs> Ask a Hiker with Mike DiLorenzo. Don't go anywhere. Raise a glass. The trail show is back. And we're back, D-Lo. <laughs> we're back, baby. I think he's about to throw up. I am. We got some Ask a Hiker questions this month? Maybe. All right. I'm going to kick the new Ask a Hiker music, and we'll see if any questions happen to arise. Jay Corbett from Facebook asks. <laughs> yes? The most recent bonus show is great. Though, for some reason, nobody discussed the serious need for San Angelo bars on such a trip. I want my money back. Do you guys have any advice for planning a route in Scandinavia? I sketched out a 240-mile route from somewhere and through somewhere else in Norway this Jotun summer. Jotunheimen. Yeah, I can't do it. Um, Dove Riffel and Jotunheimen to Jotunheimen in Norway this summer. The alternative is to go through to go to Lapland and just hike Lapland Kongsleden. What Kung say Sle- you? Play audio clip from Out of Order Kung on iPad. I was in a different country. Kongsleden's in Sweden. Yeah. Does Jay Corbett want us to play an audio clip from Out of Order on an iPad, or did you add that? Well, I think the Out of Order answered this question. Answered this question. Let's play an audio clip from Out of Order on the iPad. <laughs> this is Out of Order. I'm back again here to help with the Ask a Hiker question between the Kungsleden versus making up your own route in Norway and Sweden. The good news is I don't think you can really go wrong. I think both are going to be really pretty. Both are going to be uh, probably a little rainy and there's a chance you might meet a reindeer and if you do you got to say hello for me. Maybe it's Theodore Jones. Who knows? But either way, you're going to have a great time. So don't stress too much about it. I think the big uh, question is, do you want to hike with other people on a more established trail? Or do you want to kind of be alone, maybe, and, and uh, figure it out on your own? The Kungsleden is a really beautiful place, really beautiful trail uh, with lots of people. I was only on it for a little while, so I can't speak for the whole thing. But you could definitely tell it's a well-organized hut system, well-maintained trail, and... 
from what I understand, there's a good number of folks on it. So if you want to meet a lot of people from around Europe and the world, hike with other people, and through some really beautiful land. I mean, it's called the Kungsleden, which means, I think, King's Path. And, you know, they're not just naming things after kings for no reason up there. So bam, it's going to be going to be really pretty and probably easy to follow. Not a whole, you know, whole lot of navigation problems and stuff like that. Uh, of course, the other on the road. Is to make up your own route. And <laughs> now that's going to be uh, a lot more difficult as far as research and kind of planning and also on route navigation and kind of how much you have to pay attention versus kind of zone out and look at the pretty mountains. But the good thing is in Norway and Sweden, it's super, super easy to, to be going cross country and stuff. <laughs> Um, as far as the law goes, because they have a thing called All Man's Right, where definitely not you basically can travel or camp in any wild land, no matter if it's public or private. So getting that whole worry, of the legal worry that we often face here in the U.S. of trespassing um, out of the way is very nice when you're making up your own route. Uh, of course, that doesn't help you if you're walking through a thick bush. Uh, no, laws don't matter uh, when you're walking through trees. <laughs> Just branches <laughs> and pointing sticks matter. So, um, you know, you still are going to probably face some, some tough days if you make up your own route. Um, but, you know, it, it can be rewarding too. You'll probably also be alone a lot. Um, but that's okay, you know, it depends on what you're looking for. If you want some more alone, uh, solitary hiking versus, you know, more popular trail like the Kungsleden. One resource that might help you, uh, dnt.no, that's dnt.no is the Trekking Association in Norway's website. And they have all the information there about huts, the hut system that they have, great hut system in Norway. And also, uh, there's a link on that webpage, I think, to a map map page that has lots of maps and trail information there so maybe you can really piece together a lot of existing trails to make up your own route um, but really I think either way you know you're gonna have a great time enjoy it expect some rain also expect to pay a lot for things in Norway and Sweden so if you need any equipment <laughs> buy it now before you get over there and oh, uh, just have a blast you know just have a great time you're gonna enjoy it and uh, just a last tip, uh, thank you in Norwegian and Swedish is tack. And if you want to say like a thousand thanks, it's tusen tack. So good luck. Bye. Wow. wow. Uh, what I heard an amazing like, answer. Ambulances going by at some point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the frig, huh? Um, and other, um, our, our friend Swami Kamhonen, thehikinglife.com, yeah. about that route as well. Oh, the Kungsleden. Yes. Okay. He's hiked pretty... This gentleman sounds like a young swami. He's just hiking everywhere. So our, our good friend Speedo, his dad is like the Kungsleden, and I asked him about it over Christmas, and he told me, uh, prepare for mosquitoes. I could see that. I mean, it's it's a very northern latitude area, and until just like it, Until it gets cold at night. Right. Yeah. But the mosquitoes will Yeah, you show you up off. in that area in like July, it's like mosquito central, I would so, assume. Yeah, absolutely. Swami's one uh, ticks we're talking about. He said go into Savik, um, region. it's like a regional park in Sweden. He said extend it a little further. Okay. And he said the Savik, um, equivalent of a national park, S A V I K, I believe. It's supposed to be beautiful. That cool. was his one tip. We actually discussed this. So, indirectly, a tip from Mr. Swami. Question number two, D-Lo. Ben Stark! 
I'm from Perrin Brewery. Hey, Ben Stark. Yeah. Shovel. Ben Shovel. Stark? Is this like a Winterfell? <laughs> so funny to hear that write-up in the last show about mentioning the NCT being slow close to Perrin. It's only guy who's right near us! And on that note, we're partnering with Hopcat GR for the month of June, and they're committed to donating $1 of each pour sold of our Funk You Berry Much, Funk Nitro Ale, at Hopcat Grand Rapids to the North Country Trail Association. We are doing this via the Feel Good Tap organization, feelgoodtap.org. Basically, each month, Hopcat features a Feel Good Tap where they donate $1 of every pint sold to an organization. Their bar manager, Beer Aficionado, is also super outdoorsy and loves the NCT. So when I talked to him about getting Perrin on their Feel Good Tap, it was obvious who we wanted to partner with. We're in talks to do a special promotional night out at Hopcat with some NCT folks and myself in June. We're also in talks of organizing a volunteer trail maintenance day. Sweet. Is, is there a question there, d <laughs> I don't think there Maybe is. Maybe that, that was supposed to be in mailbag. I think it was. I don't think there is. Okay, moving on. <laughs> well, should, can, uh, we, can we answer anything? Uh, no. I don't think there so. There were no questions. Okay, moving Just, on. It Cap totally Cap. does go right near us. <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay. Um, it's, I got another Ask or Hiker question here, guys. Okay. Should I've got I read the music it? queued up. Okay, great. Yeah, good. Tyler from Facebook asks, I just booked a trip to Denver for the fall. Could you recommend a couple of 10 plus or minus mile loop trails and breweries? We will have a car and not afraid to venture out. Thanks. Love the show. We would love to answer that question if you would like to donate 10 plus or minus dollars <laughs> to the trail show. Oh, come on. That's not how Ask a Hiker works. <laughs> I mean, does it have to be, well, I mean, there's a devil's thumb loop. That's roughly 15 miles. That's 15 miles up high, yeah. And Um, the fall is beautiful. I was thinking something a little bit more lower when I heard South table, north table. South table, north table. There's a brewery in between and at both ends. Um, Do they want to hike through Golden, though? Why not? That's fine. What about the hike from Chautauqua up to South Boulder Mountain and back? There you go. That's fantastic. Also, they said they have a car, so they're not afraid to go farther out. Is this day hiking or backpack? We don't really know. Ten miles is probably day hiking. hiking. Fair enough. Fair enough. I wasn't sure. Now, Now, can we figure out a hike that maybe he could start at a brewery? And then do an out and back and end at the same oh, brewery. Oh, the Mags, this would be the this would be the the, the, gut, the yes. trifecta. <laughs> the trifecta. No, no, I got the it. The trifecta. The trifecta. The duo so, effect. Here's what you do. What do you do? You go to Copper Mountain. Yeah. You hike the ten mile range on the Colorado Trail. Yes. And then you slack yourself back on the bus. Oh my God. And, and rather than follow the Colorado Trail directly, you take the Peaks Trail. What? To Frisco. No. Wh- where they have the Frisco <laughs> Backcountry Brewery. Stop. And you're, it's 14 mile, and the fall would be beautiful. It'd be Aspen. All right, so here, Max has got it, dude. You start at Frisco, Copper, you Copper, start at Copper. You start at Copper. You take the, you leave your car at Frisco, Copper. You, you leave your car. Leave your car. <laughs> you, why wouldn't you take the okay, car? I'm gonna tell this, and then you know, back, and then okay, all right. So I know this better than you. I'm gonna tell it. So you leave your car at Copper Mountain. Then you yeah. hike the Colorado Trail. You go through the ten mile range. It's beautiful. It's it's great elevate. You know, it's night. Relative. It's great tread. It's a little bit of elevation game, but it's great tread. And then when you get to the Peaks Trail, you follow right to Frisco. Yeah. 
They go to the back. You go to the backcountry brewery. Yeah. They have some great beer, pretty good pub grub. Then you take the free bus <laughs> back to your car and copper. Okay. Max, tell D-Lo, your, your levels are back up. Oh, uh, thank you. I was freaking out there for a second. So Why well, wouldn't you take the bus in the morning? It, 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 I, I'd like to take the bus in the morning. No, no matter how you do it, you park your car at one place and yeah. you take the bus but back. But why wouldn't you take the bus in the morning and get that out of the Wh- way? Whatever. It's a bus and car shuttle. What? You're making this too complicated. <laughs> The, point, uh, the main kay. point is the you, point. S- you start the at point. Copper, you follow the Colorado Trail, you take the Peaks Trail to Frisco, you have a beer and burger. And you hike over 12,000-foot mountains. And do an early fall, obviously, yeah. but it's really beautiful in the don't, fall. What about, what about the Calibron? I'm not familiar with that. Don't, oh. don't hike 5,000-foot peaks in unless oh. there's snow. No, no. no basically, no, don't hike. Maggie! Maggie! I can't recommend a Calibron. Would you shut up? Max, you're just not going to hike 5,000 foot peaks in Golden in the fall if there's no snow. That's basically what it comes down to. If you can hike up, if you can hike up to 12,000 feet in the fall, there's no snow yet. No lightning danger. You should do that. You should do that. This guy doesn't live in Colorado. He will not be acclimated to the altitude, and we're trying to send him up over 12,000 feet. Yeah, guys, come on. Just spend a night at Copper Mountain. Yeah, that'll solve everything for sure. Spend two nights at Copper Mountain. I think the point being, you have lots of. Spend three nights at Copper Mountain. Just hang out at Copper Mountain. I think basically you want to go to Copper Mountain. Maybe he should just move to Copper. Yeah. Just do it, man. Real estate's cheap there. He could stay in your backyard (laughs) for two nights, helping you with projects. Spend spend two nights in my house. You can help me with something. I'll find something to do. The other thing you could do if you want to keep a lower elevation, uh, the Boulder Open Space is pretty good. The classic Bear Peak Loop. Oh, my God. It's a great great (laughs) loop. (laughs) D'Lo knows it quite well. It's roughly nine miles. To, if you start at NCAR over here, it's hopefully it'll be open again because they're doing some maintenance by the fall. And you do this nice big loop, and you go down the road. There's the Southern Sun. Or is, Golden Gate Canyon has some good loops. Golden Oh. And then you go to Cannonball Creek. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Golden Gate. Go, and it, then it you can go to that the great Mediterranean restaurant. All right. Can we just stop with this question? It depends on your acclimatization the weather is there snow up high? Is there not snow up high? All right. Are you acclimated to go up? Well, bottom high? line is good luck. Let, let's um, <laughs> let's uh, we gave him three. No, he can fights. rewind. Yeah. Okay, would you just state the three things and we'll move okay. on? Copper, Copper Mountain Traverse, yeah, Golden Gate Canyon, and uh, Bear Peak, South Boulder Peak area. Boom, there, there you it is. go. Boom, bam. Hellcat from email writes. <laughs> I think it's Hell Kitty, actually. And he sent me this a while ago. And Hell Kitty, I apologize. It, I, it was in the bottom of the Ask a Hiker bag. And it's I had actually to... Hell Kitty. Okay. okay. Hell, Hell Kitty? Hell Kitty oh, writes, Hey, Dilico, I'm planning on hiking the 100-mile wilderness this summer. And I was just wondering what your thoughts are on staying in a shelter versus a tent. I'm planning on bringing a tent with me just to be safe. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to see D Dash Low leave the show, but I know his first duty is to the country and helping the Donalds. <laughs> oh. Keep up the great work. I was worried when Mags left, but special is a much better replacement. <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say he that. He said a great replacement. Sorry, Mags. I was just. Oh, I don't give a. I know you don't. Stuff. <laughs> I just give you a hard time. Special is a great replacement. Cheers. Hello, Kitty. Okay, so I actually. For full disclosure, I actually replied to Hellcat via email because yeah. anytime I hear of someone that, that's going to be on the AT 
and and is asking questions about should I stay in shelters versus tent. It makes me think that they're not going to carry a shelter. Now, Hellcat specified that he, in fact, is going to carry a tent. This is my personal opinion. I think if you hike any trail without some type of a shelter, you are a fool. I agree. And we don't pity the fool. And we do not pity the fool. I pity the fool. fool. I agree. If you're going to be camping, then you should bring a shelter. But Well, I have an alternative answer to this question. Is it a hammock? No. What is it? Just hike it straight through and don't sleep. <laughs> well, I, I will even take a different tack. Okay. Never, <laughs> no, never mind shelter. No, Maine on the Appalachian Trail is one of the few places I think are really meant for dispersed camping. There's some beautiful campsites that are away from shelters along all those lakes. One of my most memorable campsites was in Maine on Joe Mary Lake area. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I had a really memorable night on Mary Joe Lake. That's interesting. <laughs> It's it's. I'm pretty sure it's Joe Mary. It's Joe Mary. <laughs> no, no, on. it was a different lake. It was Mary Joe, and it was down in North Carolina. Okay, but, fair enough. D- but continue on. But I'm just saying, Maine has some of those beautiful dispersed camping on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. I would say if you wanted some really good memorable camping on the Appalachian Trail in Maine, don't even <laughs> bother in their shelters. Yeah. Stay away from the shelters. No, if Look. you want to, that's fine. But there's you, just you some... lunch at the shelters and move on. There's some beautiful camping. You get away from you. I remember hearing the loons on that lake. And seeing the sun slowly go on the shores, yeah. it was beautiful. It was memorable. If I had been in this eight by six box that was beige yeah. with a laptop, oh, that's my job. Sorry, um, <laughs> eight by six. <laughs> um, it's eight, too much like work. Yeah, but really, it's just. I mean, that's a social experience, but I think Maine is the place on the AT you get more of that wilderness experience. See, Max, that's interesting because when I was in Mag uh, in Maine. <laughs> In Not in Mags. I was in Maine. I was camping on a lake, and there was all these loons, and it was so loud. And I just I, I packed up everything, and I just left the lake, and I hiked at the shelter where there was all these people. And then I fell asleep because it was busy, and I could just like zone out. So I had the complete opposite. So experience. you're like you're like Joe Pesci in that movie there, my cousin Vinny, where he needed the noise to sleep, whereas I'm more the. Wilderness romantic. I'm just kidding. I want to wrap this up. I got three reasons. Please. Three quick reasons why Hellcat will have a much better experience. It's Hello Kitty. Sleeping in his tent versus a shelter during the 100 mile wilderness in Maine. Can we do this family feud style where we guess? Number A. (laughs) (laughs) Number A? (laughs) Number A. Shelter floors. Are like sleeping on concrete. Why would you do that? Well, to yourself? no, no, you're sleeping on two by fours. Yeah, exactly. Does that Terrible. sound comfortable? No. Number B, mice. Hellcat. You oh, will, they're so you bad. You will deal with mice every night if you sleep in a shelter. If you sleep in a Wait tent, a minute. Wait a minute. You can zip yourself up and you will not deal with mice. Wait just a minute. Back up to number one. Letter three. Who on earth sleeps on top of two by fours? Most AT through hikers. Why would you sleep on top of two by fours? Because they're lazy. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Think about Number that. Number three, Letter ladies three. and gentlemen, Trail Show Nation. Why would you sleep on top of two by fours? Hey, Do hey, that tonight hey, at hey, home. Hey, let let disco finish. Sorry. Letter three. What? You have more to say? Sleeping under roofs is what we do when we're not outdoors. Sleep in a tent. Sleep. And uh, go to the beautiful under the camp- stars. Beautiful campsites. Don't don't sleep in a shelter. Maine has the most Thank beautiful campsites on the Appalachian Mike Trail. Go. Embrace it. 
Bites yeah, and back I, to yeah. number one. I mean, I can barely stomach my own farts. Like, if I'm in a shelter, I gotta smell everybody else's. Gross. Dude, why are you sleeping on two by fours? Who on their right mind sleeps on top of a two by four? Think about that. Even prisoners don't sleep on two by fours. Prisoners don't sleep on concrete. They don't sleep on two by fours. On a rainy night, we have the shelter to yourself. It's kind of nice. Sure. But again, Maine is beautiful. Just embrace it. Don't sleep in a, a rat trap. Dude, that's it. I got two by fours in my house. Tonight, I'm going to take them out and I'm going to sleep on them. And I'm going to report back to the Trail Show Nation tomorrow via Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And let you know how I feel. And it's not going to be pretty. To sum it up, Hellcat, Maine is beautiful. Don't f*** it up. Cheers. Cheers. Moving on. Okay, we are coming in for the close. We've got our last segment we have some donators? Oh, we're ten stakes. What I, do we got? I, I Come think, on, I think we're, we're at the gear review now. Yeah, dude, Max, why don't you take oh, it away? Yeah. Oh, disco, disco. Oh, 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 sleeping right. on two right. by four. Right. Sleeping right. on two by four. Right. Sleeping now, on two now, by four. Now we've got gear review. I found this is like the ultimate dirt bag tent stake. Okay, what do you got, Max? You go to the hardware store. You get what's called. Gutter spike nails. They're seven inches long. Oh, oh, gutter yeah. spike nails. They're they're maybe not quite half an ounce each. They're dirt cheap. You can buy a that, whole pack. That's four times lighter than the ground cloth. And, <laughs> no and, word of a lie. No word of a lie. And you could buy a bul- a bunch of like ten bucks. Yeah, ends up being I don't know thirty cents each if that. And throw them at people. <laughs> you could. So are they easy to pull out? You put a, you make a quick double um, overhand knot around them. Okay. Like, with like um, bank line or paracord or whatever. Yeah. And they're r- wicked easy to pull out. Cuban fiber. Wicked easy. Cuban fiber. Can line. I can nice I self arrest with them? Hashtag um, wicked easy. But they're the ultimate dirt bagger tent spikes. They're durable. I just need they one. go in really easily in all kinds of areas. They're light Do and they? they're cheap. Are they galvan? What is it? Aluminum? Are they galvanized? What is it? I don't know. I have them in my car. You know, I bet I they're aluminum check. at that weight. I bet they're. <laughs> Delo's got a ground. Claw. But then he, you can get some. He's bank- gonna kill Mag. You get some bank line, which is like a little lighter, very strong. Yeah. Sure. And you Take make a, a double overhead knot around, pull them out, wicked easy. Okay. So um, that that is my gear review. Gutter spike nails. They're cheap. They're light. They're durable. Get them. Bam. I like that. You want me to do this? Hey. We're posing for photos now, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, aren't we going to talk about the ground claws? We did last month. We did really? last month. We Sorry, just have them here. But wait a minute. Haven't you been using those for a while? Oh, yeah, dude. I've been using ground claws for like the past decade. Hey. I really have. Uh, I use them for all sorts of things. I use them for uh, clothes, uh, clothes pegs. Not clothes pegs. What do you call those things? Gutter spike nails? No, I don't use them for gutter spike nails. Also makes gutters. a good Wolverine costume. Yes, it just makes a fantastic Wolverine costume. I we'll use get them. A photo of that, I use them gentlemen. to hang clothes on my clothesline. What are those called? Clothes pins? Yes, clothes pins. In the United States, we call them clothes pins. I use gutter spike nails for clothes pins. What? <laughs> All right, <laughs> this is the part of the show where we end the show, D'Lo. Oh. Thank God. <laughs> you sure you don't want to talk about gutter spike nails anymore? I got so many ground claws, dude. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them all. I'm actually going to use them to dig trenches in my yard. With I'm going to use them to aerate my lawn. Oh, my God. That's, you get a That's it, dude. It, it'll only take like a couple of days, but I'm going to use the ground claws to aerate my lawn. 
trail tip of the month, people. What if you attach him to a San Angelo bar? What the hell's a San Angelo bar? Dude, it's a six-foot-long iron bar with a pointed end, a pointed end at one side and a flat end at the other side. Oh, I thought it was an energy bar. No, it's a San Angelo bar. You <laughs> use it. It's a rock bar. You use the flat end to pry rocks out and use the pointed end to smash. So why don't you call it a rock bar? Because it's actually called a San Angelo bar. It's the real name. It's named after a prison, the prison of San Angelo. And I actually have a So San why Angelo would you want to use a tool named after a prison? Because it allows you to smash rocks and dig post holes. So this is what this is what you do for fun. You you take a prisoner tool and smash rocks. <laughs> it's not for fun, Mags. It's for profit, man. I dig holes around my house for profit, Mags. In fact, I bought a San Angelo bar and I strapped it to my bike and I biked home on the bike paths in Boulder and I actually came upon people and I said, you will die if I stab you with the San Angelo bar on my bike because I'm moving so fast and they just kind of looked at me and just kind of said to themselves... Nobody really said this out loud, but they looked at me and said to themselves, What is this guy on? That's what I'm asking right now. (laughs) We know what you're on. They said Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. (laughs) They said way too much PCP. San Angelo Bar. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think we'll end this trail show. Thank you and good night. Get yourself some angel dust. All right, so I, there are a few things I must say, D'Lo. Uh, allow me to indulge myself. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. A big thanks to Jeff Halligan from Idaho Trails yes, Association for talking to us yes, about the you. important work ITA is doing. Fantastic Jeff, work. Jeff, most deaf Halligan. A huge thanks to Mr. Paul Mags Bignati. Yeah. Coming back. Coming back. Polly Bag of Donuts. From the dead. From the dead, ladies. Resurrected himself. He's like the... <laughs> the uh, I'm Lazarus. He's like Jesus Christ, guys. Yes. He just came back from the dead. Jesus it's Christ amazing. superstar. He's prefer- like the yeah. Magnanti Christ. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, of course, thanks and praise goes to all our monthly PayPal donors. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com, twitter.com slash trailshow, Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show, on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and of course, on iTunes. You can also find us at our Twitter places. You can find Disco at... L-A-W-T-O-N-G-P-U-D at Felicia Darkness. D-Lo at D-L-O-W Special 41 at Janae Daoud. <laughs> you can find Mags at pmags.com. <laughs> and you can buy your ammo there, too. <laughs> hey, I got to pay alimony, so. <laughs> <laughs> Another trail show has come and gone, but don't fret. We'll be back next month with more beers, trails, and nonsense. In the meantime, head on over to iTunes. And download bonus show seven, D-Lo. And donate to the show so we can get D-Lo that, d- that significant nose surgery he needs to help with that breathing. Until next month, for the Princes of Darkness, D-Lo, Mags, and Special 41 in absentia, I'm Disco. Ciao. What's wrong with taking deep breaths through your nose? Nothing so but your nose. It sounds like a freaking dirty vacuum bag. There's nothing dirty, dirty vacuum, in my nose. Dirty it's vacuum. very clean. I swabbed it today with an alcohol swab. Swab your swab nose. Swab well, your nose. And I feel like I can breathe very well. It and sounds I feel like I breathe mouth. deeply. I, I feel it come to the bottom of my lungs. Mouth. And when it comes to the bottom of my lungs, I say to myself, 
namaste. Well, it sounds like don't effing namaste me. <laughs> it sounds like maybe you need to do some trimming of the forest. Be in max, your be I max. say, I when and when I when I feel the namaste come into my lungs, Mindful then I start meaningful. to chant to myself. Om Namashivaya. <laughs> <laughs> you you oh know God. this. Man. I just spit all <laughs> over this microphone. Uh, <laughs> I wait 18 months for this crap. And that's a show. Yakta pakta. I didn't know what I was doing. I wore jeans. Some would say if he swung a dead cat, you could hit a guide. Oh, you think they want to put a baby bison in their car? What is Stunata? It's as American as apple pie.